Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. With the third pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the New York Knicks select R.J. Barrett. Very, very special episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, and I'm joined, as always, for our annual mock draft by my co-host, Prez. That's at Presidente. Prez, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, I, I intended to moderate only, but uh, you and I both got wrapped up in this fucking nonsense, so here we are. <laughs> moderating and participating <laughs> yeah i mean you only made one trade though so you know you're okay i i did a little bit more um with our favorite team from um the little borough known as brooklyn annual tradition now it's true uh two years ago i made <laughs> them an awesome championship contender this time it was time to take the blowtorch to the roster uh, and I had fun doing that. Uh, but I guess before we get started, uh, do you want to uh, start introducing everybody and uh, maybe just run through who controls which teams and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we can do that. So um, I guess we can start with ourselves, the most important people. True. Uh, I'm controlling the Lakers, and I picked the Lakers for myself because I didn't want to do anything just like the real Lakers. The other team I'm controlling is the Jazz. Schwinn is controlling the Celtics, the Suns, and the Nets. And uh, let's see, going down uh, the list here, uh, we got friend of the site, Omar, controlling the Houston Rockets. None other than Chris Persianen controlling the Thunder and doing his best Sam Presti imitation as usual. Our fearless editor, dictator, tech support in chief, Alex, controlling the Magic. Stingy controlling the Kings. Kurt controlling Detroit. Uh. I don't want to fuck up your name, but I'm probably going to fuck it up. Is it Fares or is it Fares? Fares, <laughs> uh, I think. Controlling, Fares, controlling Indiana. Shout out Fares, my B. Um, Omar, controlling the Knicks. So uh, hold on to your butts, everybody, because shit's about to be weird and wild with Omar at the helm. Um, Alex, also controlling the uh, Spurs and the Raptors. Uh, Chris controlling the Wizards. Friend of the pod, Chuck of the Chucking Darts pod, uh, draft savant extraordinaire, uh, controlling the Portland Trailblazers. St- 
Stacy contributed to the Strickland controlling Charlotte because he loves centers so much. Um, Stingy controlling Cleveland. Kurt controlling the Hawks. Vivek controlling the Minnesota Timberwolves. Fares the Bulls. Um, we already said Schwinn with the Sun and the Suns and uh, Alex with the Magic. Chris also controls the Nuggets. Stacy also controls Memphis, and there are several picks. Um, Stingy uh, replacing Daryl Morey at the helm of the 76ers. Uh, Fares controlling the Bucks. Uh, and Stingy controlling Miami. Omar controlling Golden State. And I think that's everyone. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, I think a good place to start uh, would be to. I don't know if we need to lay parameters. The parameters are it's a fucking mock draft. Um, there are a lot of trades. Uh, some of them will not be legal in the sense that they're all mixed into multiple transactions. We didn't want to get in the weeds with this stuff because a lot of this stuff would be pretty easy to do if you just sat down and did it because teams have to quote unquote touch each other in multi-team trades. Um, but that's, you know, that's not too hard to do. You can trade fucking top 58 protected second round picks and fucking rights to overseas idiots that are never coming over and all that kind of shit. Um, so we didn't bother with that. All these trades work financially and we have friend of the pod and friend of the show and friend of the site and former co-host of the mailbag, Jeremy Cohen. Uh, we have been bothering him to make sure all this shit is legal and he is helping out. So that is wonderful. Uh, all right, look, let's just start with some of the bigger trades here. Uh, you know, I guess let's start with the old, uh, let's start with Brooklyn, right? That's the biggest trade so far, I think. So let's start with that. I control Brooklyn and let's bring Chris up here. Hi. What's up? How you doing? This was uh, this was fun. This trade was fun. Yeah, I want to explain. All right, so I'll I'll run down the trade and I'll explain why I was okay doing it even without the super high pick. Uh, okay, one second. Gotta go down a little bit, a little bit. Okay, I parlayed this into other moves too. But the initial trade was Oklahoma City, controlled by Chris, receives one Kevin Durant. Uh, a very fond homecoming uh, for a town that he totally loves so much. Uh, so Kevin Durant going back home to Oklahoma City. Brooklyn gets, and it's going to take a little while to get through this, Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, Theo Maladon, Alexei Pokusevsky, Luguenz Dort, Mike Muscala, Darius Baisley. The 12th pick this year, Houston's 2024 first-round pick, the Clippers' 2024 first-round pick, uh, 2025 Miami first round pick and the lesser of the two firsts that Oklahoma city controls in 2026. All of these are unprotected picks, which are Oklahoma city, Houston, and the Los Angeles Clippers. So I get two of those, the two worst ones, I guess is the best way to put it of those. Um, I didn't mind not getting the high pick mostly because I really want to suck this year uh, as Sean Marks. I'm Sean Marks. Sean Marks really wants to suck this year because the Nets actually control their 2023 first-round pick. They actually control their pick in a draft that has a generational talent 
by the name of Victor Wembanyama. And trust me, I made sure this team is going to suck with further trades. I think Josh Giddey is a really good prospect. I think Trey Mann is a really good prospect. Uh, I don't care about the rest of these guys, but I guess Maladon and Pokashevsky can be fine. I parlayed Luka and Stort in another trade, which we'll get to later. Uh, and I think Houston could still very much suck in 2024. And I think the Clippers, both those picks are unprotected. I think they could suck in 2024 and 2026. Uh, and I think Miami could suck in 2025. And I didn't have any draft capital because I also traded that away for James Harden. Um, so this was simply a trade where I'm trying to bottom out. I am trying to get as many upside bets as I could. And because I couldn't get a high pick from anybody, really, uh, I went through the top order and nobody really wanted to pull the trigger on giving up a top pick for Kevin Durant, which makes sense because like them, I harbor some concerns about his longevity um, and his ability to play a lot of games. And the fact that I would have to remain committed to him and Kyrie Irving, both of whom I don't want to remain committed to anymore because we in Brooklyn are getting back to our blue collar, hardworking roots. Uh, yeah. We're bringing the culture back it's going to be fucking awesome. I'm going to fire uh, Steve Nash as soon as I possibly can and um, have Joe Sy threaten Kenny Atkinson so that he quits the Hornets job that he just got and comes back to Brooklyn to bring it all back. Um, no, I'm not going to do that. But I am training Kevin Durant, and that's why I did it. I was fine with it. Definitely not the top, top value you would hope to get, uh, but it wasn't available, and I still think it was the right move to make for Brooklyn. I fixed my childhood. I put it back together. That's all. That's all I got. Prez, you're like super faint, dude. What about now? You sound like you're in a fucking wind tunnel. All right, hang tight. You sound better than that. No, wait, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. All right. So, I guess, what are your thoughts? Back in the wind tunnel. Yeah, stay close to your mic, dude. All right, no, you sound like you're fucking 15 miles away. <laughs> I just put the, I'm using my phone. Um, there, that's there we go, good. There we go. That's good. All right, I, I will keep this one foot distance. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as goals go, y'all both did what y'all came to do. So you know, the rare, the rare win-win here. Uh, I guess. The Thunder are trying to be good now, so Sam Presti's tied up in a basement somewhere. Um, so good job handling that hostage situation very delicately, Chris. Where Where do you think Josh Giddy goes in this year's draft? Where would you rank him? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, he's probably right after the top four. Okay, so I feel much that that was kind of my logic as somebody who knows very little about how to rank everything. Uh, I thought that was like okay. If I can't get a top pick, he is somebody who seems like a top prospect. And I love Trey Man. I know you love Trey Man uh, more than anybody potentially loves Trey Man. So I thought <laughs> that was hard. He was hard. <clears throat> yeah, I liked him, and then I knew that I could use Dort to get value elsewhere. And um, yeah, this was uh, you know again like it's weird because I do think if for whatever reason, Brooklyn was just like, we're trading Kevin Durant now. 
in real life, I think one of the teams like Houston or like I could see Orlando just being like, okay, well, we'll trade the first pick for Kevin Durant because like what the fuck? Like we never get players like this. <laughs> and they still have they like they would have a lot of young talent, even if they threw in a couple few for future or future first, uh, which I did try to get by the way. Alex denied me uh as the controller of Orlando. But um yeah, that's that's what I had to settle on. So yeah, I was pretty happy with that. I mean, it's such a good year to bottom out. Um, I mean, it'll it'll actually be interesting to see. Like, we already know in the real-life timeline who's, like, some of the teams who are going to bottom out. Like, presumably the Thunder again and Houston again. But, like, you wonder if any team who's not already tanking is going to flip the switch because it's just that ridiculous of a draft. So I, it probably won't be Brooklyn, but... You know, it might be like it, that wouldn't even be the most surprising team to flip the switch if they, you know, there's the rumors of KD, like maybe he goes to Phoenix or something. I don't know. But um, I do think there's going to be at least one or two surprise tank teams. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who it is in real life. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I have in this trade, which I wasn't able to use, although anybody listening, feel free to hit me up. Uh, I have... No. I have a $23 million trade exception uh, that I generate in this trade. So if you need to dump a bad contract, let us know over in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Presties. Uh, we are up and running for business to take your shitty contracts for a price. Boom. You heard him. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the next trade because uh, look, let's, let's go to the top of the draft. Because we did have a big trade at the top of the draft. Let's bring up Omar and the dictator in chief, Alex Wolf himself. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? How you doing, dictator? <laughs> I'm good. That's just on the Hey, there he is. So how 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 did this come about? Like, or, or, I guess Alex. Well, well, let's let's announce it. Let's yeah, Alex. Why don't you tell us what the trade is first? Yeah. So the trade is uh, uh, well. So there was a there was a fake Woj bomb in our <laughs> our DM setting this whole draft up that um, that Orlando was was zeroing in on Jabari Smith Jr. with the number one pick, uh, which. You know, GM Alex knows is Omar's favorite prospect, but I also would have been happy taking him for Orlando. Uh, so yeah, so that that created a little bit of a a trade discussion. Omar waited till uh, shortly before the draft to crack and make the make the offer, but we came to an agreement. Uh, Houston gets the number one overall pick. Orlando gets pick three, pick twenty, and Alperin Shangun. Uh, pick 20, I won't go through explaining how Houston got that just yet, but that was from an earlier trade. There's about 800 we have to get through <laughs> during the show. But uh, that's that's the deal that got Houston on the clock for the number Very one. Very realistic pick. mock draft uh, that we have going on here. All these trades definitely could happen. Uh, how did you view Shangun? Because I'm looking at this trade, and I would think if I were you, I would have wanted just because, like looking at Orlando's roster. Uh, I probably would have wanted KPJ maybe uh, in addition or instead of, or actually not instead of, because you can't view KPJ like that as talented as he is. Uh, or I would have wanted 
one of the I would have wanted that future Bulls first rounder. Um, I think instead of twenty this year, if that was possible. Yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, maybe I would have gone for that. Um, I think I, in my first offer I'd sent to Omar, I'd asked for not the Bulls future pick. I think I'd asked for like Milwaukee's next year or something. Um, but ultimately, he came to me with this offer. Omar and I have already made like 15 trades in this draft. So, um, so you know, I was feeling good about it. It was, it was shortly before, and I was like, you know what? Uh, for the sake of the game today, it was a little more fun to make a couple picks uh, rather than push it forward to next year where I won't get to make the pick. Um, so, but to answer the Shangun part, uh, you know, I, I think I like his style of play. I liked some of the flashes that he showed this year. I don't necessarily know if, if you're Orlando, if you want to jump right back into like, let's completely replicate, you know, Nikola Vucevic or whatever, you know, like, Oh, that's, this is definitely what we should be doing. I, eh, you know, I mean, maybe that's not the, the perfect right move, but I think that Shangun could be a pretty good player to have, uh, even if ultimately he just ends up like a really good backup to Wendell Carter or something. I think I'm, I'm into the Can idea, I ask you a question? So I like Can him. I ask you another question? Yeah. Were you more comfortable yeah. not totally, you know, fucking ripping him off uh, to move down because you knew who he would take and you're higher on the next two guys potentially that would be available? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I am higher on the next two guys to be available. <laughs> and I have a good feeling that the guy that I probably want the most for the magic might be available at pick Frank three. Milikina. So yes. Yeah. I'm gonna re enter his name into the draft pool and take Frank Nilakina <laughs> and play him at center. Um because I don't have enough centers yet. So that's that's the plan. It's good because both of your teams that you control are just gigantic centers. That's it. Just a bunch of huge... It's the wave of the future, baby. Look at <laughs> Cleveland. This is the way the league is going. So I'm just preparing. I'm preparing for the storm. All right, Omar. Um, yeah, I guess we can just start the draft now, too. Uh, one, tell us why you... I guess, tell us who you're picking and tell us why you thought it was so critical to get him that you're willing to pay this premium. Well, uh, without further ado... We'll be selecting Jabari Smith with the number one overall pick. Um, and really, it just comes down to uh, get your guy. I didn't want to leave it to chance. I knew I knew he was probably smoke screening with Jabari at one. But the truth is, I had my eye on a, you know, a future of Jabari Smith and Usman Garuba as my future front court. And I just wanted to get it done. I, I didn't really have much use for the ball sniffer, Sanjun. And the 20th pick is whatever. We already have too many first-round picks that were rostering from last year. Um, and it's just what I want to do. Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, and Usman Garuba as a nice little tidy core there. And I'm good to go. Um, yeah, no, I... Is someone dying right now? It's <laughs> falling over. Someone in a war zone? I was walking. <laughs> So I think that's what it was. I'm all. I'm also in a war zone. Oh, oh God, my leg. <laughs> um, yeah, I probably. I just. I. I wouldn't take Jabari, but I think if that is the guy that you think is the best, the price you paid isn't that extreme. So, 
I feel like whatever. If you believe that strongly about him, go get him. Oklahoma That's City what? is sprinting to the podium right now. The camera's cutting to Presty running in his loafers. I don't think Presty runs in loafers. Respect my vision. Uh, I don't think the GM makes a pick either for what it's worth. <laughs> well, they, they call it in. But, yeah, but, I, think you, I think you're saying like Adam Silver is running up to the podium. Yeah, but he's he wouldn't be so urgent about it. So I kind of you're letting the truth get in the way of a good story, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> All right, someone's running to the fucking podium, and Chris, who are you picking uh, with this uh, run to the podium for Oklahoma City? So, now competitive with KD. Yeah, so I traded for Kevin Durant, um, and I I did that kind of just to like justify it a little bit more is because I'm high on Shea, right? So uh, not as high as Cade, uh, as we learned last year, but I'm, I'm definitely really high on Shea. And um, I am, am just appalled. Like, like I, I cannot believe that a, that price was just paid for Jabari Smith. Um, I had a couple at some, some different things for the second overall pick, but with Chet Holmgren on the board, I'm I'm doing it, man, because I'm really high on what he's going to be as a, as a four, and I still have a million picks after this, so like uh, in the future drafts, and I'm just going to go get myself a center from somewhere, some like that. That's just part of the pick here is I'm going to go get a good center this off season and just be ready to contend next year. I'm very interested to see how you do that with. Um the limited salaries you have to work in trade after I took all of the tradable salary you have. I'm going to find someone on a rookie deal and overpay with firsts. Don't worry. All right. There we go. There's the answer. That, that or he's going to throw a real big bag at one uh, Mitchell Robinson or Isaiah no. Hartenstein. <laughs> also, uh, actually, you know what? Just with just because I have Chet, I might have to do the Chet Hartenstein like, racist front court. I don't, it might, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's funny. Uh, cause OKC is actually, they're, they're at the cap. Uh, now they're after once the new league year starts, cause SGA is kind after the Kevin Durant trade, they're, they're just, yeah, they're, they're actually well into the cap. I think they might be pushing the luxury tax even. Um, so yeah, shout out to that dead cap pit of one Kimba Walker. Um, Good, good work, um, but look, I think uh, I think OKC is they're making moves. Uh, so you got you got SGA, you have Kevin Durant, and you got Chet. There's not too much else left on this roster. Um, I guess Jeremiah Robinson Earl is one, um, but yeah, not not a whole lot. So Chris has his work cut out for him. I'm curious to see how this all pans out. Skinniest front court in NBA history? Perhaps. Perhaps. Could be, actually. It's kind of funny. Kevin Durant, chat. And SGA is pretty fucking skinny, too. That's funny. Um, Combined 300. I was trying to trade trade, um, with Stacey. I'll I'll leak it now, like post post failed trade. All right, right, Danny Ainge. Yeah, Danny Um, Ainge over here. For the PR, I'll leak that that I almost acquired. Both Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain by taking number two and a fuckwad of first round picks and offering them up, but Stacy took like forty five minutes to just say no. So yeah, 
shout out Stacy uh, for he, he not for not he, doing a terrible shape. Good job, Stacy. He was he was thinking about it, and then he was like, "Well, what if I did Clark instead of JJJ and like added some stuff?" And I was like, "Go to hell." That was that. <laughs> well, that was that was the right move. Uh, all right, let's move, move along. Alex, back to the back to the mic. Uh, traded down, and uh, who are you bringing home to uh, good old Disneyland? Traded down and got my man. I am taking Paolo Bancaro at pick three. That this was is who like I wanted. this is who I want the Magic to take so badly in the draft this year too. So. I'm all about this. Good job. Good job. Yeah, I I just think, I think out of, you know, considering the guys that are on the team already and the guy that I just got in trade and like everything else, um, it ultimately just, I think that they really need like a number one scoring option really badly and a guy that can like create for himself and stuff like that. And like, even if on my board, I would rank Chet higher. I think fit-wise, Bancaro, if he hits a ceiling, is going to be a way better bet for Orlando. So I'm super happy with it. And it gives you a little bit of synergy because you have, like, Paolo and Wendell, and then Shangun is kind of like the bootleg Paolo. You know what I mean? In terms of the post work and the passing and all of that. So there's some some stylistic consistency, which which I think is always a good sign of a, of a good front office. I also just think, like... They, and Bamba's leaving, so yeah, they yeah. also just have the guys that like actually make Paolo the stuff that you worry about with him. I feel like their roster is really weirdly suited to hiding a lot of it and not making it a concern. Like Franz and him is a really awesome pairing for Paolo because Franz can take whichever one of the three or four is the better is like the hard, more difficult matchup defensively. Um, and Franz is like definitely capable of being a secondary ball handler, um, next to Paolo. And then, you know, you have Wendell Carter Jr., who is the greatest center, uh, potentially in the history of basketball. Uh, and no, but he's like launching threes now. Uh, I mean, look, this all really comes down to like their backcourt talent, which is still very much up in the air. Um, Jalen Suggs did not have a good rookie year. Cole Anthony is fine. Um, but like they definitely need something more dynamic back there. And I would have understood if you went Ivy, but like I think you have to take Paolo. I think he's the one player in this room who has the has the potential to be like a true, genuine offensive centerpiece, elite offensive centerpiece. Yeah, that was exactly my thought process. So glad to know I have the Schwinn seal of approval with pick three. I think you have Prez's seal of approval, which matters more too. And present seal of approval. The rare, the rare, uh, the rare agreement between the two of us here. Um, all right. So now we get to the fun part of the pod, uh, or the fun part of the draft, rather. For both. Um, Prez, you're underwater again, buddy. About now. Yeah. Not underwater good. anymore. All right, back to the surface. So let's bring up none other than the OG Stingy himself to uh, to pick for Sacramento, and then afterwards announce a trade. Sure. Hi. Thanks for having me be the Sacramento Kings. Thank you for being the Sacramento Kings. You know, I feel a very kindred spirit with the, the Sac Town Kings. 
uh, as a struggling Knicks fan franchise person of some stature anyway. Uh, it just feels like, man, they've been through it, and I, I know how that feels. So uh, I guess you said you want the pick first? Yeah. All right, so it's definitely Jaden Ivey. Uh, it is. Yeah, he was number two on the board, on the Sacramento board, so this is pretty much a no-brainer. Um, and then, do you want to talk about the trade? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Or do you want talk to talk about it? We can go into Ivy too if you, if you prefer that. Well, let's let's talk about the tr- let's talk about the trade because I don't think without the trades, the trades, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it doesn't make because you might be wondering. Why the fuck would the team that traded away Tyrese Halliburton now use their high lottery pick on Jaden Ivey, another, you know, whatever you want to call him, combo guard, point guard, shooting guard, whatever the fuck he is, a guy who's needed the ball again. So, um, yeah, like, let's let's start with, you made two trades. I want to start with the with the, the trade for the, the, the Kentucky guard, guard, which I think is more relevant to selecting Jaden Ivey. Okay, yeah, I mean, just first and foremost, I just don't, on behalf of Sacramento fans, I'm so sorry, but I don't believe in your in your big two, uh, certainly not on this timeline, you know. There's too many, many, uh, you know, obstacles, whether it's, you know, the Nuggets or this, obviously, the Warriors, whatever's going on with the Suns, I don't think you are in any position to get in front of those teams anytime soon. And eventually it's just like, well, if we want to keep uh, De'Aaron Fox, what are we going to supermax this fool? Like, can he make a jump shot? Can he <laughs> play defense exactly? I don't know. Not really. Can he drive so, and kick? Many people I mean, are wondering. <laughs> it's, it's a good question to ask. And to be honest, I don't want to have that question posed to me. So he had to go. And you know, that was the first part. Um, and I mean, I guess so to just make so it. So, what, what was, what was the trade there? Right, to yeah. make it a little clearer, right. Um, I don't know, let me pull it up to get it exact. But we, we made a trade with Toronto. Uh, Alex put it in some crazy. Do you want minutes. me to give the details of that real quick? I got, I got it. In front. Got it. Yeah, Senator, take it away. Okay, yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. All right, so uh, in the the De'Aaron Fox deal, uh, there was well, this is actually okay. So pick twenty six got moved three times. So <laughs> don't do Sacramento, the last one yet, though. Yeah, yeah so Sacramento got um, got pick twenty six in a deal where they sent out Rashawn Holmes uh, to Dallas. Dallas sent twenty six Frank Nilkina. Oban, Theo Pinson, and Nico Melli to Sacramento. And then Sacramento, in the De'Aaron Fox trade, sent De'Aaron Fox and picks 26 and 33 to Toronto for OG Ananobi, Kem Birch, Malachi Flynn, Delano Banton, and pick 33. And then there's another trade involving De'Aaron Fox, so we'll get to in a minute, but that's the one for now. <laughs> oh, um, I... It's kind of interesting. I actually think that Sacramento got better value here, probably, just about, because I don't view Fox's deal as an 
asset. Um, maybe like, I don't know if I would call, I don't think it's a negative asset, but I don't think teams are exactly, I mean, it, that's a fact, right? We know this teams were not lining up to trade for De'Aaron Fox, um, not at any kind of plus value. So you get OG and an OB, you know, I think, I think you liked Malachi Flynn a lot as a prospect. Is that right? Stingy? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a Flynn fan, but I definitely view him, especially now that I got my guy. Uh, with the with the fourth pick, he's he's third guard off the bench. He's like a he's like a you know he's a he's a goodie. Maybe maybe you get something nice out of it, and maybe he sucks. Doesn't really affect you because you're more in the Jaden Ivy. Uh, you're more committed to Jaden Ivy now. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this: like Flynn's probably going to have plenty of opportunity to play uh, in my little depth chart here. Like it, I like it. Um, all right, I think that's. Or do we want to do the other other trade now too? I guess I guess we should do. Yeah, it. Yeah, we should do it. Yeah, do them I mean, both. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I tore down the team basically. So, <laughs> you know, Fox is gone. Uh, and, Rashawn Holmes, as we mentioned, is gone. And we need uh, to prepare Knicks fans uh, for for this for this one. Ha- hell yeah, they're gonna get all fucked up. But uh, yeah, so Demonte Sabonis, who I trust. Honestly, the least of those three, right, of Holmes, Fox, and, and Sabonis, is gone, and he's going to play for the Knicks. Um, <laughs> now i got to find the trade again. Alex. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Uh, and I, say, I, could, I could be the trade master. I, I'm okay with coming <laughs> in to do this. I like introducing I, these. It's fun. Okay, go for it. Let's All it. right. Uh, so, DeMontis Sabonis comes to the Knicks in exchange for Obi Toppin, Doug McDermott, who uh, landed with the Knicks via another trade, and a Chicago 2024 second rounder, which also landed with New York in a different trade. So Obi, so, Dougie McBuckets gets another cup of tea in New York and a Chicago second rounder in 2024. So I think we can all say this safely, that in real life, this trade would never happen. Um, <laughs> but, but... Uh, I think what other people should probably realize is there might be another power forward in New York who was traded previously, uh, which is how the Knicks maybe ended up with Doug McDermott, which we'll get to a little later. Um, but, you know, I, I think for, for the Sacramento, it would be kind of, it, it would be impossible to make this trade, right? Because they traded Halliburton to get Sabonis, and then you're trading Sabonis to get Obi, which, like, no teams do about faces this quickly in real life. It's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think, like, as much as we love Obi, he just hasn't played enough for another front office to be like, yes, let's trade a fucking two-time all-star. And we can, you know, if you don't think, if you think Sabonis is the worst all-star, that's fine. But, like, the worst all-star is still really fucking good. <laughs> so, like, yeah. trading him for Obi would be a tough sell. Uh, but, no, look, I, I don't hate it. I think you're, you, you can't, Sacramento still has all their picks. Um, so you're leaning into a direction. And again, if you suck next year, there is the Victor Wembenyama at the end of it all. Well aware. And, yeah. you know, Sacramento got a little little identity here with Ivy and Toppin and some running and gunning. So, you know, I, I can see it. As far as tanking goes, there, there are worse ways to do it. Yes, I 100% agree. Uh, Stingy. Thank you for your service in um, totally 
making the Knicks super weird. Um, <laughs> Pleasure's yours. All right. <laughs> you think it's weird now? We're just getting started, baby. Yeah, it's just getting started. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's get Kurt up here. Let's move on to Detroit. Hello. No me? trades. Yeah, yeah, you sound good, man. You sound you know, good. Thank you for just minding minding your business while all this chaos happens. We really appreciate it. I would qualify it as minding my business. I would call it doing my day job, and then the world broke. So, so then I'm really selling and trying to tank. I figured it'd be the best time to kind of cash in some chips for some fringe teams and make a push. So with that, I'm going to do the most exciting ball-busting, galactic pick that anyone could do at fifth. I'm just kidding. The Detroit Pistons are taking Keegan Murray. Uh, I like <laughs> this pick. I think this is a really good pick, and I think this is exactly what the Pistons should do. Murray's gotten a lot of, like, fatigue, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's going both ways. People talk about, like, is he the fourth pick? No, he's never going to get the fourth pick. Does that mean he's going to fall to 12? It's like, no, he's still really good. <laughs> I like him because he can play three through four, three through five, excuse me. Well, at least I think he can play three through five. But it's just the perfect kind of off-wing if you're committed to Killian, which I didn't really care about, so sure, we're committed to him. Um, committed to Cade, obviously. I didn't want to go too big, like, like reach for a big, reach for a, a guard. So, like, who's the best wing available? I don't trust Sharp because we're trying to make a push, but I don't want to de- develop another person. Sooner or later, Cade's gonna get pissed, and I'm trying to win now. So we'll probably make a deal at the deadline, maybe move Isaiah Stewart for someone. But we've got, and especially resign Bagley or something, just to have somebody. But a versatile wing that can, a defensive wing who doesn't need the ball at all, and his only job is to go where he's told and shoot the ball. I actually love this, and I, I like Schwinn alluded to. Man, I've agreed with Schwinn on this like twice in ten minutes now. But <laughs> I know. Uh, it's, it's been a long draft cycle, but no, I, I like it because, you know, Kate is six, six Bay who's talented in his own right is like big wing size. Keegan is big wing size. Stewart who's doing his thing. And he got better as the season went on is basically big wing size, even though he's a center with just cause his wingspan is crazy. Um, you know, Grant's probably gone, but he's big wing size. Hami Diallo was doing his thing. He's basically big wing size. So you're developing some size and shooting and athleticism together and, and it's good. Foster, like the length of Toronto with kind of the versatility of like a Boston roster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the offensive talent upside here is also like Keegan is, he's a if, bucket. Yeah. He just is like really efficient no matter what you want him to do. Um, I forgot who I think, I think it was the pod that maybe Prez you did with, uh, uh, what is it, Caitlin Cooper, where they were talking about Keegan Murray and like how Rick Carlisle might not, or no, she was on with, with Macri, that's what it was. Um, but they were talking about how like how Keegan Murray, like, will Carlisle use him to his strengths? And then she was kind of just like, yeah, I mean, even if he doesn't, like, Keegan just really efficient at everything. So what the fuck? Like, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but yeah, I think this is like the perfect offensive player, too, to put next to Cade. I think they just fit really well together. Um, he's older, right? I think he's like 21, 22. Is that right? He's like, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind that though. He's, two, he's I, almost 22. Yeah. And like I don't. One of the things where it's like, if you watch the NBA finals or the players this year, what's winning big wings this is yeah. the best big wing out there. And, um, and I also, I also just like, don't think the age thing matters that much. Like 
Well, yeah, especially it's, if you're trying to put together a team with maybe you're not maybe not ready to win, but you'd like to be. If you when you make that push next year, you know what you need. Well, the thing that's interesting with Detroit is like the second half of the year, they were actually really good on defense. Like they were, I don't remember what they were ranked, but they were really good on defense. I think they were like, I mean, most of their games were super competitive. Like they were not getting there blown out anymore. Already, Cade's just that guy. If they yeah. didn't shit the bed for the first like quarter of the season, they could have pushed for the play in pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just think that like Keegan. I don't know. I don't know if I'm as far, uh, but like I think just Keegan actually materially helps them on the floor, and like he's just such a good fit with Cade. Who cares? Like, I are there better upside bets and all that kind of shit? Maybe, but yeah. um, it's fine. I, mysterious all star that he can't be. It's like I I would bet my job on it. That's yeah, what yeah. I, I I think this is a good pick, and I think the other thing is like. Center is the only other big need. Like, not. I guess they suck. There's more than one big need, but like, it's the only other glaring positional need that they don't have. Mitch comes soon. Yeah, I don't even consider them standard. But like, I've been on Twitter bitching and moaning about how people want to pay Bam or eight, and I'm like, Kevin, Kevon Looney's been the best center in the playoffs, and he's five million dollars a year. Yeah. Just give. I would never. I would. I wouldn't entertain Duran or um, Williams at five, let alone. 12. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Detroit has uh has made their pick. And so next we have Fares. Fares is, is are you there? Is he here? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? How you doing, man? How, are we pronouncing your name right? Uh it's it's, it's Fattis. 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 All right. He got you. Yeah. How's everybody right. doing? Uh we're doing well, man. How are you? Yeah. I'm doing fine, you know. My my, my top guy just got picked, but I'm, I'll, I'll just it is what it is. Uh, but so yeah, the man, Indiana, Indiana Pacers yes, on the board here. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I've been going through a lot of players, man. The best players in this region, like of the draft, are all like six six guards, like Johnny Davis and Benedict Matherin, and and you know Shadon Sharp and all them. But the problem is with the Pacers is they're so goddamn guard heavy, and they lack front court stuff after trading Demontis Sabonis. I will be going with Jalen Duran oh, out of Memphis. Oh, oh yeah. the big, yes. the first big yes. set of the draft. Uh, yes, we're going with him. We love I love, I love Jalen Duran. Uh, I don't, yes. I don't know how I feel about it because I, I know that they like Isaiah Jackson, but like, I think Duran is just a different level of prospect. And yeah, yeah. that's what I believe too. I believe. I also believe. Um. Because uh, I watched a lot of Memphis this year because, like, you know, like, the hype was about them. So I watched a shit ton of their games. It was very clear that he was the best player on the team, even with Amani on there. Uh, he, had, he has phenomenal I, – I like his passing game. And I think him and Tyrese Halliburton passing out of the pick and roll and probably dipping down down at the low post in his short mid-range game, which I think can extend a little bit further down to the three, I believe, I believe he will be a big addition for them. And no offense to Miles Turner, he is coming off of that leg in, uh, that foot injury, so I don't know how up to speed he's gonna be for the rest of his career. So there's that. You heard it, Miles Turner on the block. Yeah, make your offers for Miles Turner. And you can get him. <laughs> the, my, the Miles Turner saga continues. Uh, yeah. Also, also Malcolm Brogdon's also on the block. If anybody. <laughs> oh wow! I never would have suspected. Yes. <laughs> All right, Ferris. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you.
All right, we'll see in a little bit. All right, next up. Next up. Oh, here we go. This is where it's going to get real fun. The man, the man of the hour, <laughs> the agent of chaos himself returns. Uh, you heard about the first, the first, the for earlier deal. Uh, it's a bonus for Topman and Dougie Mack. There's much more coming from uh, Omar, who tied up Leon Rose in a Brooklyn basement for the day. Uh, yeah. Shout out to my uh, fellow countryman, Ferris. Was, uh, <laughs> I was uh, trying to get number six for a different deal. All right. Well, you know, look, if you're listening at home, you might be wondering, why the fuck are the Knicks picking at seven? Because they have the 11th pick, don't they? And they did have the 11th pick until Omar made another trade. So here's Omar so, to talk uh, about that trade. Let's start how they got to seven. Um, so first, it started out by trading Julius Randle uh, to the San Antonio Spurs for the 20th pick, Jakob Hurdle, and Dougie McBuckets. And then from there, the Knicks traded the 11th pick, Jakob Hurdle. Quentin Grimes um, for the seventh pick, Keon Johnson, and the 36th pick from the Houston Rockets that the Blazers held. And that's how the Knicks ended up on the seventh pick. Did I get that right? Uh, It looks like it. It looks like it. Um, What's that noise? The stingy display. I have no idea. It was. A- I was thinking stingy has like a soundboard wherever he goes. Just is that like a crying baby? What the hell? Was that king closet? <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, all right. So let's do this. Let's let's. Who are you picking here? Because we got through this trade. I will take. I will. I will unleash all of my thoughts on. Yeah, so Randall's gone. Pertle is <laughs> in. Grimes is gone. No, Pertle's out. Pertle's out. He's got. He already got traded again. Oh shit, my bad. Yeah, Pertle. <laughs> I can't keep up. <laughs> Fuck. All right. All right. Who you got, Omar? <laughs> I will be selecting AJ Griffin with the seventh pick in the NBA draft. Did- <laughs> Did it hurt your soul to pass up on your firstborn child, Johnny Davis? Yeah, it really did. Because my goal was to somehow end up with Johnny and Ivy. And that didn't happen. Then I pivoted to Johnny and AJ. And I realized that was probably not feasible. So I wanted at least a facsimile of one of them. And I got the facsimile of Johnny Davis through a couple other trades um, that I made. And um, I really, I, I, as we've discussed before, Prez, like I had AJ and Johnny pretty much neck at neck. This was just, it really came down to fit and need here. Never ever have too much shooting. And he's uh, good as a guest in that respect. So. Won't hear any complaints from me if the Knicks gab him, whether it's at 11 or some other pick. 
Yeah, do hometown, we want to go through the other boy. trades now, or are we waiting on it for a bit? I uh, think we'll save some New York Knicks trade for later. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. All righty. So we'll save the, the other Knicks trades because there's more. Actually, so I guess we're going to have to say one yeah, of them we, right we on have this to. next page. So, so. yeah. <laughs> All right, never I mind. Thought, you know yeah. what, uh, Omar, you can introduce the first one. I'll introduce the second one. Omar, tell tell what happened with this eighth pick to start things off. Because it did okay. used to belong to New Orleans. Yeah, and it belonged to the Knicks for a little while also. Because um, of? Because the New York Knicks had traded Emmanuel quickly for the eighth pick in the draft, Herb Jones, Kira Lewis, and the 2024 Bulls second-round pick. Stingy did the thing. <laughs> it's a really good thing that Stacy's not here yet to rip you a new ass. Um, for <laughs> I actually, look, I, I love quickly. I think this trade is fine in a vacuum in terms of, more than fine, actually. In terms of the value you're getting back. Uh, you're getting the 8th pick. You're getting Herb Jones, who, if we're being modest, is probably, what, what's he rated as? Probably like a, a mid-first value, something like that? I think that's fair yeah, to say. Uh, um, our scouting department basically valued him as like the 13th or 14th pick in this draft. Yeah, I think that's probably what he, I mean, if you just traded him straight up, I think somebody would bite on that. Um, so I, I, I don't think that that's outrageous. I don't care about Kyra Lewis. I think he's a, a nothing value to me. Um, he is a player who was talented and was picked in the lottery and has done absolutely fucking nothing other than tear ACL. Hopefully he gets back better, but he doesn't matter to me in this trade at all. And the Bulls 2024 second is like fine. That's fine. Whatever. All right. Well, that brings us to the next trade, which I came in at the 11th hour to take over Toronto. And by the time all the dust settled, I was in the top 10 of the draft. Uh, so as noted before, there was of course the deal where, uh, where Toronto sent out OG Ananobi, Kem Birch, Malachi Flynn, Delano Bannon and pick 33 and got De'Aaron Fox and picks 26 and 33. They uh, are not making any of the, or I'm sorry, pick 37. I mistyped that in the, the trade thing. 26 and 37, uh, Sacramento had. And, or, I'm sorry, Toronto had from Sacramento. I'm all over myself. All right. This next deal, uh, none of those aforementioned things that Toronto picked up are sticking with them. Uh, the New York Knicks have traded for De'Aaron Fox. Uh, and the, the Knicks, as mentioned, previously had pick eight. And the Brooklyn Nets have gotten themselves involved in this discussion. <laughs> uh, so Toronto is trading out De'Aaron Fox uh, to the Knicks. They're also trading out picks 26 and 37 and a 2023 top protected first, which goes, goes unprotected in 2024 to Brooklyn in exchange for Ben Simmons. Uh, the Knicks in this deal are getting, are also sending out, I should say, pick eight, 
Uh, Deuce McBride gets semi rerouted from Brooklyn from a separate deal <laughs> to Toronto. So Toronto walks away with Ben Simmons, the eighth pick, and Deuce McBride. And then Brooklyn gets a bunch of Knicks stuff. Uh, uh, Cam Reddish, Alex, Nerlens Noel, Keon Johnson, who came over in that Portland deal. Uh, and then again, the, the picks from Toronto, which is 26 and 37 in Toronto's 2023 first top five protected unprotected in 2024. And New York as the, the cherry on top sends out Detroit's 2023 and 2024 seconds to Brooklyn to finish this deal off. So. I'm sorry. This the third thing you meant. Can you go back and run that whole thing back for me? Yeah, so let's just do what everybody gets rather than trying to put the pieces together by team. So the Knicks end up with De'Aaron Fox. Toronto gets Ben Simmons, pick number eight, and Deuce McBride. Brooklyn gets Cam Reddish, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, Keon Johnson, picks 26 and 37 in this draft. Toronto's 2023 first-rounder, top five protected, unprotected in 2024. And Detroit's 2023 and 2024 second round picks, which puts Toronto on the clock with one Ben Simmons in tow. Um, I thought the biggest takeaway I have from this, from honestly, this entire exercise is like, I think I messaged in the group DM about 17 times that Ben Simmons was available and nobody cared, um, which kind of makes sense because. How can you super value a player that didn't want to play basketball this year? And we just don't know anything about him, right? We don't know what's going on with him. When is he back? What is his mental status? All this kind of stuff. Um, I, again, my goal is to suck next year. I had no interest in keeping Ben Simmons and trying to rehab his fucking value. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like The fact of the matter is Brooklyn traded James Harden after they gave up a haul for Ben Simmons, who hadn't played basketball all of this year, and two firsts, one of which is like probably not going to be that good next year, um, and like I just don't think he has much value right now for for you know good reasons, and that was pretty clear when we were doing this mock draft. So look, I got I wanted to get as many twenty twenty three picks as I got I could get. I got a twenty twenty three top five protected first from Toronto. We'll see where that ends up. Um. I like getting the Detroit seconds. I think they could still suck next year as much as I just praised them previously. I still think there's a chance they're just fucking terrible next year, uh, or at least like a bottom 10 team for sure. Um, again, next year's draft is supposed to be loaded. Prez, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, and then, you know, look, I flipped some of these guys already uh, that I received in the deal, but I like getting Cam Reddish as a flyer. I like getting Keon Johnson as a flyer. Um, I know, Alex, you were like in love with Keon Johnson last year during the draft, but um, look, just getting as many young bets as possible for this Brooklyn team is kind of the move. So, uh, is it ideal? No, but, you know, whatever. Fuck it. Yeah, uh, from the Toronto perspective, I I picked up Fox. Uh, I mean, I would have played Fox, but then when I saw the opportunity for Simmons instead, I think that functionally, they can give you a lot of the same things, except for like on the offensive end, I should say, except for Ben Simmons is like way fucking bigger and can play all NBA defense for you. Um, so, you know, I, I felt like considering I was only in it for 
Ananobi and some stuff. And I got Fox and then I was able to turn Fox into essentially, you know, Fox and, and one of the picks that I got for Ananobi anyway. And, or I guess both of those picks and then plus, uh, not too much. I mean, just that other first and it, it didn't seem, it was essentially like Ananobi in a first for Ben Simmons and pick eight when it all boiled down to it. So I was kind of like, that's cool by me. I'm good with that deal. Um, and I'll take that chance on Simmons with the culture and all that good stuff. And, uh, Omar, I'm going to, I'm going to stay your, uh, your chance to, to get further into this. Cause I'm sure we're going to have a, a longer Knicks discussion in a minute. Um, and I'll just make Toronto's pick in the interest of keeping things moving. So we don't linger too long. So this is maybe another, uh, another shocker pick or maybe not for some, but uh, the Toronto Raptors take Tari Eason. So this team is just a bunch of long-ass dudes that are athletic, basically. Yes. All right, They're man. on culture, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's fine. I think it's a little bit of a reach, but also, like, maybe not that much of a reach in terms of what people in this mock would do, but in real life, it probably is a little bit of a reach, but whatever. I think it's fine. All right, and then it's back to Alex, this time at the helm of the Spurs for the ninth pick. Yeah, and as you recall, the Spurs are actually pretty quiet in this draft, although, you know, trading for Julius Randle, I thought that that was a pretty good buy low on my part. Um, Traded uh, Julius, or got Julius in Utah's 2023 second in exchange for pick 20, Doug McDermott, and Jakob Pertl. I thought that was fine. Ferris kind of screwed me up a little bit here because I thought Jalen Dern would be available here, which would fill the gaping hole that I have at center for the Spurs. But instead, I'm going to take what projects to be a decent amount of cap space and probably make a good run at Mitchell Robinson. Uh, and in the meantime, this should come uh, to no surprise if anybody listens to the Knicks. I'm going to take one Dyson Daniels of the G League Ignite and uh, just kind of give Pop a... a Defensive-minded, physically talented piece of clay to work with, and uh, hopefully, you know, I mean, I'm I'm hoping with the Randall move that maybe we can get him right and have a team that can maybe give Pop one last like fun playoff team to end things off with for his career. Yeah, a bunch of dudes who can dribble, pass, and fix you, and maybe defend. So it'll be a. It's and, almost like a weird Raptors wannabe team, but not quite. <laughs> so I made the Raptors and the Raptors wannabes. I'm I'm fine with that. It's there you go. It's a bunch of guys that can kind of defend, and then Julius Randle. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That uh, I don't know what that top that top lineup is probably at this point. Like Murray, Vassell, Keldon, Dyson, someone at center. Or Julius is center? I don't know. I have no idea. Don't don't figure it out. Don't figure something out. All right. Spurs getting weird and funky with it, courtesy of Alex. No surprise to anybody who listens to Lockdown Knicks. Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. 
looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA Finals? With a DraftKings same-game parlay, you can do just that. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 same-game parlay and won over $5,000. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Next up at 10, Chris, back to the mic, sprinting, sending someone to sprint, whatever it is you do. Uh, for the Washington Wizards, who you got? Okay, so this is um, a fun spot to be in. Uh, I I think that the selections made so far have been, you know, some of them have been have been a little crazy, but none have been crazy enough. And so I'm going to take this. And there's another trade I made. Do we want to announce that now before I make this pick to give a little context, Alex, um, as to like why I'm about to do what I'm gonna do, or because I know I didn't, yeah. I didn't trade the pick. But if you want to announce the trade quickly before I pick, I think no, you can. Well, do you want me to? You want me to announce this one? Yeah, yeah. Or do you want to announce yeah. your your massive tampering um, with okay. it? Respect. Yeah, you you can do that too. You uh, respect the tampering, by the way. Okay. All right. So uh, the Toronto Raptors traded uh, Pascal Siakam to the Washington Wizards in exchange for their 2023 pick, which I guess just basically becomes unprotected um, because they're going to pay off Oklahoma City to renounce their uh, obligation with that pick. Did you decide what the cost was that that these two teams that you control were going to pay one another? Yeah, it's going to be a second round pick and then also a check payable to the amount of 69 US dollars. Okay. All right. So $69 and a second round pick <laughs> go to Oklahoma City to distinguish the uh the obligation of the lottery protected first round pick that Washington had going there. That pick instead goes to the uh Toronto Raptors in next year's draft. Uh, and also, the Raptors get the 2025 first-round pick from uh, the Wizards, which will have scaling protections, which go from top 10 to top 5 to top 1 to unprotected by 28. Uh, and that's how that one is going to work. And they also, the Raptors get Kristaps Porzingis in addition. So it's essentially Kristaps Porzingis, two first-round picks, including next year's. Uh, the Thunder get paid off to extinguish their obligation to the pick next year, and the uh, the Wizards get Pascal Siakam. Yeah, so um, I got Bradley Beal a, a running mate, got him a, a dance partner here that's not named Pistops and that like can do things on both ends of the court. Um, so that was cool. That was cool for me. And, you know, Washington, like, they're going to do this whole song and dance with Beal where he's like, I want to go where I can win. And he's going to end up deciding that he can win in Washington where they're going to pay him a Supermax. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna play his sick little game. I'm going to keep catering 
to Bradley Beal, and, and to do so, I, I went and, and made the team, I think, significantly better. Um, given that this is hopefully my last time lottery, I, I need to take a real swing here, and I'm going to go with Santa Clara's Jalen Williams for the Washington Wizards with the 10th pick. Um, yeah, look, I love Jalen Williams, and in a vacuum, I think that's probably fine. I think that's... I would have tried to trade down. I would definitely try to trade down or something. Nah, this 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 mock draft is insane. I can't trust you guys. I had to do what I had to do. All right, fair enough. Um, probably not the guy I would go for with Beal, but I kind of get it because I know he wants to play next to a big guard. So if you think Jalen has that kind of that juice, um, yeah, that can work. So I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And I have Siakam to cover on defense, and then Jalen. Hopefully, like the the thinking is that his wingspan will just like instantly make him more useful on a team with Beal on it than someone like uh, Kispert, who's now super expendable in trades. By the way, wink, wink. Um, or even Denny Avdia, who like okay, I would keep him and bring him off the bench, but I'm not super into keeping him. Rui, I definitely want to keep, but yeah, Denny and and Kispert both become available as part of the. Gotcha. Well, well, both those guys certainly play more defense than Jalen, despite his wingspan. So, uh, I mean, Pascal can make up for some of that, though. So, oh, yeah, we'll, that's, uh, that's that's the goal. I'm, and and my, Kuz can stay too. He's fun. There you go. So Chuck had to leave. Chuck had the next pick for Portland, and and he had to work late, so he's not with us on the pod. But there was some tampering that happened. So Chuck, on behalf of Portland, was going to trade this uh, 11th pick for Miles Bridges to Charlotte, who is controlled by Stacy, who I don't think is here either. So I guess one of us can just tamper pick for Portland slash Charlotte. Or... I, I guess I mean, we could just go, well, with Stacy, we can just use his board. Um, but you know Chuck better than I do. Who do you think he would take here? From well, he was, he was just, he was, they were getting Miles Bridges. Oh, yeah, that's, right. As, that's right. Wink, as wink, as, wink, yeah, wink, wink, New so Year's can, Day. Yeah, we can uh, we can use Stacy's board. That and is true. Uh, so, let me pull that thing up real quick. So for Stacy's board right now, there's one guy sticking out here as the that's Johnny uh, Boy. Yeah. So he has will, Johnny ranked fifth. Wow. Yeah. My guy. That was a that was a Nick specific board, so it might be a slight. Slightly different in reality, but I mean, if you look at, I don't think it is. From yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, and if you look at Charlotte, like it oh, no, no, works. no, 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 it is, no? it is. No. It's, mean? it's shade and sharp, right? Isn't shade yeah, and sharp? I see, I see sharp. Yeah. Oh wait, wait, what? He's got because he has Stacy two is the next specific. Oh, I was looking. Well, he has J. He has Johnny ahead of Shaden on Stacy two, but on Stacy one, which I don't think is next specific. No, yeah. Stacy. Stacy one is was just the earlier Nick specific okay. one. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Johnny gets to go with Lamelo and Kenny Atkinson, which actually kind of is a nice little backcourt for him as a uh, as he finally gets his head coaching job. All so, right, book night. Oh my God! Yeah, you gotta <laughs> RAP for sure. But whatever, he's not better than Johnny Davis, so oh, it doesn't no, matter. Stacy <laughs> three here has Ty Ty Washington fifth, so. <laughs> Stacy three, you see it. So yep, Ty Ty. Ty Ty is the pick. Uh, Walker Kessler was also in, in consideration here. 
Yes, yes, he was. All right, let's uh, let's keep this rolling. Um, the newly torn down Brooklyn Nets. Who you got? Uh, so this is based on my, you know, extensive film studies uh, that I've done, pouring over the film. But honestly, I just think it's time to take a swing. I got no pressure to win this upcoming season. I am pulling the trigger on the mystery man. I am taking. Shaded Sharp at 12 for the Nets. Um, kind of an obvious pick, to be honest. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't see why I would do anything different. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I just think Sharp has the most upside, probably, left here. And it is what it is. Uh, I don't really have any positional needs. I could probably go for a center, but I'm not going to take Mark Williams here with Shaden Sharp's on the board. So, Shaden Sharp's. And you also got a what's his guy? What's his name from UNC? Right, Sharp. Uh, the other Sharp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got Dayron Sharp, and then we still got who is it? Your boy, some Kessler, Kessler Edwards, right? We got that guy. Yeah. So I mean, there's like as far as tanking goes, you have reps and you have time. So yeah, I, I, you a, know, look, I just I just think Cam Thomas is going to be such a good influence on Shannon Sharp. So it's just just two two real hoopers. <laughs> finding their way in life, you know, in, in in gentrifying Brooklyn. It's like a buddy comedy waiting to happen. Um, bought on right. Stop's favorite rebuilding team. Now, instead of Houston, will be the Nets. Um, so, yeah, the, the next pick is for uh, Charlotte, who has just tamper-acquired. Uh, no, no, this, this is their pick. This is their pick. 13 is their pick. Right, but they tamper-acquired Johnny Davis also. Yeah, they already did that. Correct. Correct. So yeah. they're gonna have three three picks from from eleven to fifteen. So we're reading the tea leaves here with Stacy's board, um, and the, the next the next the next highest guy on Stacy is technically Jeng. Oh, it is. But but is that's a. Oh no, you're right. It's Matherin. Yeah, no, I misread it. You got it, but this is see, but this is weird though because they have like they have Book Knight, they have Davis. I mean, I guess they have Rozier. Nobody cares. Like, are you gonna are you Mark Williams? If if Charlotte was being real here, they pick Mark Williams. I think I agree. I don't. I think they they are they traded Miles Bridges right. So to me, this is a very obvious. Either take Jang or you take Sohan. Oh, Sohan's a good call. Feel I forgot fair. about him. Makes a lot of sense here too. Yeah, because they need some some defensive versatility, especially to go with Lamelo and and Sohan and Davis is a pretty strong defensive tandem there. And you know Kenny Atkinson, like everybody loves talking about how much Russell scored and all that shit, but the real magic he worked was not on offense. It wasn't even good. Their defense was a top ten defense with fucking Dinwiddie and D'Angelo Russell. Miraculously, thanks largely to Jared Allen and good defensive schemes. So, uh, yeah, give them a versatile, ver- and then they have a pick coming up, so they could probably still get another center later. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with the with Kurt on this one. Well, Stacey brought it up, but thank you for giving me credit. I'm always here to assign uh, Stacy's work to other people and give credit to not Stacy. So that's that's what that's what we do here. On so Strickland. Sohan. Sohan, yes. All right, there we go. That's Charlotte at 13. 
Hey guys, two question. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so is Ty Ty Washington and Jeremy Sohan? They're off the board, right? No, Ty Ty. That was a joke before about Ty Ty. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, my bad. But Jeremy <laughs> no, is. But Jeremy's gone. Jeremy's gone. <laughs> I got it. Thank you guys. Yep. You got it. All right. Number 14, Cleveland Cavaliers, also controlled by one Stingy. Stingy, come up here. Soundboard Stingy, who you got? Hey, what's up? Strutting up to the podium. Uh, you made this one, you made me sweat on that last pick, but this uh, now becomes very easy for me. Yeah. It's yep. Matherin all the way. No problem. Yep. This is like, this. I would be stunned if Matherin is even available at 14 on draft night, but... I, I, if he's available at 10 on draft night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like, I like Malthorne, but I do think he's weirdly, I feel like his flaws are getting kind of like hand waved away in this process. Um, but whatever. I mean, look, I think at 14, if he's there, given his shooting profile and what the Cavs need, he it's is perfect. No yeah. This perfect. is a no brainer. They have yeah. the front court to, to make up for, to help him out on defense, and they don't have any. They have Darius, who's an amazing shooter in his own right, but nobody's really coming off screens and shooting over there. So Matherin doesn't need the ball to, to really hoop with those dudes. I'm with that. Uh, all right. St uh, Stingy, thank you. Thank you for that. Roll. All right. Let's, let's keep it rolling. And we get to again make our <laughs> pick for Stacey. Uh, and again, for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, look. His board right now is saying... His board is saying Jag, but... I think you... Okay, look, fuck him. <laughs> so that's his problem. It's This is like Mark Williams for sure. This is Mark Williams. He already got his, like, two other guys he really likes. Mark, like, you you need... You don't hire... this. I know, again, I'm banging a dead... Beating, I'm not banging a dead horse. That's weird. I'm beating a dead horse. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You can't you can't give Kenny Atkins who is their center right now? Kai Jones? I don't yeah. one of the Blumley brothers. Yeah. 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 You, no, you're you can't. Kai Jones, right? Wait, what? Wasn't Kai Jones you like Kai Jones, right? Yeah, but he's not like sun level. He's like Kai Jones is fine. He's like he's like you see him at family gatherings. Exactly. Like once <laughs> a year. Exactly. Um yeah, he's, he's Kai Jones is cool, but like you need you need to give Kenny Atkinson an anchor. You need Lamelo to have a lob threat. Um, so why I not love Mark Mar Williams? I love Mark Williams here. I think this is good value for him. This is not too early. This is right in the middle of the draft. He's got good hands. He's got good scoring potential. I think his offensive talent and potential impact is kind of getting slept on. Um, I just. And look, he's fucking huge. So the way he can move at his size, you get that at fifteen. I think you 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 should be happy with that if you're Charlotte. And he, he's one of my my favorite. Like if this goes down, which I think it has a good chance of happening because they have two picks. I really like the Atkinson, Mark Williams, Lamelo, just the trio of them. It, that's just very complimentary. So I'm kind of rooting for that to happen in real life. Also, just a monster screen setter. So, like it. All right, let's keep it rolling. All right, Kurt picking for the arch nemesis Hawks, but uh, I guess we should announce this trade first, right? <laughs> so, the the Hawks, which wasn't a good sign on Twitter based on how hot Twitter reacted to a certain rumor, but I traded uh, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, 
What else did I do? John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Clint Capella, the that awful Charlotte pick at a pick swap for Rudy Gobert and Rudy Gay, the Rudies. Uh, and two but, second rounders. And two second rounders. The reason why I did this as a, as the Hawks is I don't buy John Collins. Rudy Gobert is a better Clint Capella. Much better. They're not leaving the same stratosphere. And who gives a fuck about... Um, who was the other one? I don't even remember. Uh, DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter's good. He just can't stay healthy. So He's like, good. He can't stay healthy, and you're going to have to pay him next year. Exactly. That's, that's like, people sleeping on that. Like, that's a dicey situation. I mean, that's exactly why Cam got traded for pennies on the dollar. That's exactly why. And I figured, lose John Collins, you could probably hunt the buyout market. As long as you have Trey, you're going to be a league, a plus average offense. And if you could just hunt down a couple um, wing defenders, which may or may not be what's happening here. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Um, like a like a fun Friday night, I'm between two guys here. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I expected that to hit a little harder. It took me a second to like process <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get Kurt. We gotta get Kurt on the pod more. That's what that means. Um, uh, so yeah, you got the you got Trey, you got Gobert, you got you still got the shooters and, and Herder and uh, uh, and Bogey. You still got down in the G League, um, Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper. Uh, I'm so with from the Ohio State University. Awful. Never should live. Go dogs. We won the natty. Suck it. Um, <laughs> E.J. Liddell. Oh. oh! That didn't go how I thought it would go. Me neither. Yo, I fucking love that pick, like though. Exactly why I set it up like that. I Look at this. Look at this flair for the dramatic. I love it. I love it. Uh, again, can play multiple positions on the wing. Yes. Is an absurd screener. Uh, if you watch that Malachi Branham tape, you realize he's getting to the rim because yes, Bell is ceiling. Uh, he had an absurd true shooting at an absurd usage for a big. I think it was a 59 true shooting over 30% usage, which is absurd. That's crazy. Uh, and he shot 38% from three and 48% on two-point jump shots. So he was basically scoring... Super efficiently from everywhere as the lead dog man, on that team. He's basically old man Bill Gallinari in a young body now. Uh, he, he'll kind of – we'll move him into that role maybe midseason. But it's like since we didn't have a new power forward, somebody could play 3-4. We have a Kongwu. We could play very switchable on the front court. Our guard defenders are a little wanting, but we'll, we'll deal the deadline. We'll make a trade at the deadline with our pick that we kept for next year. I just figured he was kind of a good jack jack of all trades wing that the Hawks don't really have. Well, yeah, does, but he'd be he'd play better than DeAndre Hunter, and I don't know who knows. Whatever. He can he can play the four and the five. To me, he can play. So he like played some center because his wingspan is crazy and his strength is six crazy. 11. Like six eleven. Yeah, but, um, and I'm just a huge fan. Like I feel like people are. Are really sleeping on him. What do I have him at? One, if, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. If he was a year younger, he'd be Keegan Murray, and Keegan Murray would be forgotten about because his numbers are insane. 
he's higher. He's one of those dudes who's higher on my non Knicks board because you know obviously we got Julius and Obi, but on my my other board he's higher. But it's like if if you are outside the lottery and you're looking for a multi positional big who can play in the modern NBA, EJ Liddell is your guy. The other guy I'm thinking about was Jake Laravia. Oh, um, too early though, but good. I like the early, idea. But, but if you think of like his offensive skill set and you're always worried about losing the non-tray minutes. Can you survive the non-tray minutes? And on a bench unit, I think Loravia can give you just enough of that offensive versatility. But I liked EJ Liddell's whole package of a game better. There you go. I'm a big EJ respecter. I like this. Uh, all right. Let's keep this moving. I know we have a couple of requests. Uh... This is uh, we'll we'll try to get through requests. We're just gonna try to get through the rest of the picks though uh, as fast as we can, and then if you have time, we will try to take some questions. Uh, but the next pick is Minnesota, who acquired this pick in a very fun way. Uh, that is Vivek. Vivek, how are you? What's going on? How are you guys doing? Uh, we are good. We are good. Uh, do you want to just you can just tell the trade that you made to get it? We don't. Oh, let's just put it this way. This The 17th pick was also a pick that Omar acquired for the Knicks. Uh, and um, here's the trade that, uh, that, that Vivek made to get it. Uh, he traded uh, Cam Johnson, who he acquired from the Suns in another transaction, which we'll get to, uh, and Malik Beasley. So Cam Johnson and Malik Beasley sent from Minnesota to the Knicks, and Minnesota gets... Evan Fournier, Jericho Sims, the 17th pick, and the 36th pick. That is true. Um, so, originally, um, with the two other teams I had, um, my original plan was trading all the picks out. Uh, but my I felt inclined to get back into the draft, so um, that was one of the main reasons I made the deal to get 17. Now, Timberwolves are in an interesting position. Um, you know, they just hired Tim Connolly. Um, they had a nice little uh, run um, to get themselves in uh, the play-in. So, a lot of decisions. This is a tough decision. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to go with a little pick that would, that might be out of the box, um, but I think Cat will be young enough still, uh, and Aunt Edwards will definitely be young enough still to enjoy this guy. So with the 17th pick, the Timberwolves draft, ironically enough, I'll say this, Nikola Jovic. All right, there you go. Uh, Shoot, I have no shooter. He's a shooter. I mean, he's one of those dudes who like he needs a particular infrastructure to thrive early in his career. Because I'm not so sure how. I don't think he's the kind of guy who you want to let. He's very young, and he's still got to work on the two point stuff. Even though he's really tall, like almost six eleven, um, and he can dribble a little bit. But on a team like Minnesota, where you know he doesn't have to worry about. Like, you have guys who the team is playing through. It makes it a little easier for him to just start off doing like 
you know, stretch four type shit, stretch five type shit, playing off cat. Um, so it's it's a nice way to kind of ease him into the game for his skills. So I'm not mad at it, even though I'm a little lower on him. I think this would be a a pretty good situation. Yeah, I I I, I mean, I've seen the mocks. I think some of them are a little. They could be lower. Um, I think I think once you get to a certain position, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think it doesn't hurt trying to reach. Uh, for some player that you believe in, and I think, like you said, I think it. This is a situation where he can, uh, he can be eased in a little bit better. Um, and I think, you know, Minnesota has shown their chops, especially Finch, uh, with development in the past few years or in the past year or two. So, um, this might be a good situation for him. All right. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's keep this rolling. Uh, we got 18 Chicago, our, our good friends in the, in the Windy City, represented by Ferris. Ferris, what's going on? Oh, doing good, guys. Um, we're going to go. The Chicago Bulls are going to draft the one, the only seven-footer out of Al- Auburn, Walker Kessler. Oh. I, do not be- I do not believe in Nikola Vujicic's defense potential. He doesn't know what the hell the word defense means. And I think Walker Kessler can develop into a nice, good, uh, low-post scoring threat as well as semi-pick-and-roll with Lonzo Ball when he gets healthy. Going Walker Kessler. All right. Uh, I have no thoughts on this. Prez? Prez, you there? Yeah, my bad. Uh, Couldn't find the mute button. Um, hashtag washed old. I beat you to it, Chris. Sorry, I'm immune to your insults. Um, I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I like other centers more than him, but at the same time, like the dude had a block percentage of twenty, which is basically like a made up number. So, if you just need somebody to come in and protect the rim, like you, you can argue that guys like Coloco might be better, but uh. He's really fucking good at that. Um, he might be able to even shoot it a little bit in time. So, you know, that's mission accomplished, right? Like, you need some rim protection. Vooch ain't getting it for you. I don't know who else is. Do they have a backup center? I have no idea. And they're trying to win now. So all you need him to do is go in there, block shots, and rebound, and try not to, like, jump and foul out. And if you can get him to do that, then that's a rotation guy on a playoff team right there. All right. Uh, Ferris, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. We'll bring it back up in a little bit. Uh, the 19th pick is the Phoenix Suns, controlled by me. Schwinnie Uh I got this pick. I traded pick 19. Uh, sorry. Yeah, no, I traded Cam Johnson as the Suns to Minnesota. I got pick 19. I got Jaden McDaniels, and I got Nas Reed. Um... I, I, friends, I think you know who the Suns would pick with this pick. I know who the Suns would pick here, uh, purely because they only take guys that can shoot the shit out of the ball. And there's somebody who is sticking out here at this point, I think. Uh, and sadly, I have to take him despite his affiliation with the single most disgusting institution uh, in America. And no, I'm not talking about the GOP. Uh, I am talking about the Ohio State University. 
I am taking Malachi Branham for the Suns. That's it. That that's what they do. They take shooters. He can shoot. Uh, I don't need to rush him into anything. I also love that I got Gina McDonald's and Oz Reed, so I got length and depth still. Uh, I'm I'm good here. Solid man. I mean, you said it. They take shooters. Um, he's a bit of a. There's a bit of a tension between them trying to win now and him being so young. But at the same time, you can't really pass up that kind of value. Um, I feel like the Suns have, you know, they've hit on some of their picks, but they've they've definitely been a team that drafts for need and or rather for type rather than for best player available usually. Well, and they they seem to overvalue their type. I guess yeah, exactly. So I think. Uh, they could probably be due for a, a course correction like this, to be honest. Even if it does ding them a little bit in the short term. Like, odds are whoever you draft at 19 is not going to change the game for a fucking championship team anyway. Or a championship contender. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, if it was up to me, or I mean, I, I guess it is up to me, but I was trying to, like, be the Suns. Um, I don't think they would take him, if he, even if he was there, but I think Jang would be a really fun pick for them. But yeah. No, that's even more of a project than, yeah. than Branham. So <laughs> Yeah. Yep. He's better than fucking Alfred Payton. <laughs> All right. Let's keep it moving here. Uh we got uh Back to Disneyland it? for Alex. Oh, here we go. Alex Wolf. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up one uh Usman Jiang because that's what I'm picking. I was really I was I was hoping that you weren't gonna take him. Although honestly, I would have been fine. I mean, at the twentieth pick, like screw it, like him or or, or Branham, cool, goodbye me. Um, but I, I like Jang. I I've bought into the uh, the propaganda machine of Prez. Um, the the five thousand words changed my mind on him a lot. Um, so I'm I'm very in on Jang. I think this is pretty cool for pretty cool for Orlando too because you get a lot of help on the wing. Uh, you know, you get Paolo at number three. And then for your trouble, get a guy who could be one of the better upside bets in this whole draft at pick 20. I think that's pretty solid. That's a good return. I feel really good about making this trade now because of who ended up being available at pick 20. You know, it wasn't like I didn't ultimately have to pick between like, all right, which one of these like sort of contender worthy, like win now prospects do I want to look at here at 20 that maybe isn't the best fit for a very rebuilding team in Orlando. Um, instead, I end up with Yang, who I think, you know, 6'10 wing. Uh, very, very on brand for the Magic. And the good thing is, even though they yeah. have a, a roster crunch with lots of guys now on your version, on your timeline here, they got uh, Sangoon and and Carter Jr. and uh, Paolo and Franz and Maga well, Isaac and I was about to say. Speaking of the GOP, this means that Isaac hopefully becomes <laughs> expendable way sooner than later too. And so. even if he doesn't, like Usman Jang needs to just get his weight up for like a year. So you can stick him in the G League, bring him up for a couple of road trips to enjoy the pro team vibes or whatever. You know, he doesn't have to play. To be frank, I mean, like he can, but you don't have to. Which is the great thing about drafting him so late is there's no pressure. Yep. I mean, there's no pressure for the Magic to begin with, ever. Yeah. But um, And then they can draft Wemby next year and make it a real clusterfuck. No, I mean, that would be amazing. 
thing. I don't know. I, I don't know. I question just how bad they can be next year if Paolo works out. It's fine. In my my, my nets are getting one B next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. We'll just get Scoot and you know shore up the the backcourt. I guess that's a good enough. Uh, Hon- honestly, the, honestly, like obviously Wemby is Wemby, but the whole thing with the Magic is like you're waiting for one of their ball handlers to pop, right? Like none of them are horrible. But none of them are really driving an offense. Suggs might be horrible. I think we can stop beating him in the bush. It might fucking suck. We can just say it. It's fine. I I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really out on Suggs I, yet. I'm not out on Suggs. I'm just saying he fucking sucked as a rookie. I think it's all right to say it. Yeah, he had a horrible rookie year. Um, but it is what it is. I not think everybody he's... can be Emmanuel quickly as a rookie. You know? Exactly. Exactly. We'll uh, ignore their age difference. Although Suggs is an older rookie, so. Uh, yeah, you know. we can slander him a little bit. Get the fuck out of here. We don't even we don't need to be Omar and just like love every non you know, every young player that doesn't play for the Knicks and then examine the Knicks young players with the most like, you know, just constant scrutiny. It's all yeah. right. Jalen Suggs can suck as a rookie. He did. Honestly, you, know, you know what I heard? You know what I heard real quick? before we get done slandering Omar or maybe give him a chance to defend himself. <laughs> um <laughs> I heard directly from I, I have to bring this up because he hasn't made the show yet, but I heard directly from Stacy Patton that Omar <laughs> thinks a Herb Jones in a vacuum is at least five times better than Emmanuel Quickly. And that's also, why he made St- that. Stacy's Stacy's really happy that we took uh Mark Williams at fifteen. And <laughs> and, and, and Sohan, an another fan. on shooting yeah. big. Yeah, yeah look, I don't know. Like, uh, De'Aaron Fox too for the Knicks. That should be said okay. too. I mean, if if you don't want Sohan, I don't know. It's he's fucking fourteenth on his board. He went what thirteenth? Shut up. Nobody cares. All right. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Stacy. Um. All right. Chris. Next up. Come on next, down. Next up, Chris. Yo. Um. Chris I- has Denver at twenty-one. Yeah, I, I'm the Nuggets. I, I threw out in our mock chat that this pick was available in connection with the notorious MPJ. Um, but uh, unsurprisingly, nobody bit at the opportunity to give that guy a max contract. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm here. I was really, really looking forward to stealing ej liddell here but kurt had other plans um i you know i love bones but i i want to say that okay i'll just throw i'll throw out that my dream pick here would be blake wesley like i really want to take blake wesley for denver but because they have Jokic, and i need to like respect him being elite a little bit and not give them a guy who might take like three years to return the lottery value that i think he eventually will I'm going to go Alondis here for Denver. Um, I, I think that they I, – I don't love what they've got at the, the uh, complementary side of the guard position to Jamal Murray. And if Jamal and Alondis, like, get out there and just start bullying the shit out of people on both ends, I think that would be really fun. So, like, someone like LaRavia I was really thinking about, I think they really like him in real life. Um, but I, I went Alondis here because that was more fun in my head. So, yeah. That's fine. I like that pick for them. Um, I do wonder about the shooting and all that stuff, but um, look, him and Jokic in terms of passing would be really fun together. Yep, he's super strong, gets to the rim 
pretty much at will. Uh, I don't know how that would play with Jamal Murray, but like you can't draft for fit here, especially not for Denver. They need talent. Uh, he's got good size, which I think they need too yeah, because they were playing fucking Faku like real minutes, <laughs> and I love and I love him and his flashy passing, but like. Any concerns about like, oh, is there enough ball with Bones and Murray and Jokic? Like, y'all were playing. I know there was injuries, but like, if you're playing Faku, like, he's good. He is what he is. But like, Williams is just well, I mean, he gives you a bully. It's not even that. Like, like Barton is pretty small. Monty Morris is pretty small. Like, yeah, it's it's just it's it is tough. what it is. So, um, yeah, look, I I think this is a very solid pick. So, Chris. Good job not being stupid. Thanks, Fred. Yeah. All right. Stacey I have a, I have a suggestion for this next one. Okay. Stacy. Pick another non-shooting being big. Well, I was going to say, since it's Memphis this time, should we just make the most draft Twitter pick possible? Because that's what Memphis does. It's, 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 no, no, no. I was going to say, is Jang still on the table? But then I forgot that you took him. Uh, uh-huh. Stacy asked that we DM him uh, when he's up, so... Someone wants to DM him. Um, yeah, you want to get Derrick Rose for the 22nd pick. <laughs> oh, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, hold on. I'm just DMing him right now. See, see if you can. Now, like, while you DM him, like, who would be the most draft Twittery guy left well, here? Let me look at my board. Uh, as I've been doing this draft, um, I'm, you know, I have my own very detailed big board, which Prez copied that I've been looking at. Um, so I think I know who he would take, but I'm, I'm curious to see who, who, who he picks. I would take Jaden Hardy here. I like Jaden. That's who I was going to say. So I, so I was going to say either Hardy or McGowan. So like kind of the same universe of like high upside scoring sh- shooter. Hardy's a way better shooter. McGowan's is taller and more explosive and better at driving. Both Hardy's are kind of mid. Hardy's going to have like, I just think he's, he's got a better mixtape. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I know McGowan's is like, he drives recklessly and he's like all that shit, but Jane Hardy, I like just the name and I, I like his game, the way he shoots and stuff. The name. <laughs> okay. Ball don't stop. All right, man. Hey, it's true. I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm not a fucking expert on this draft. I just think Jaden Hardy's good. Um, I'm trying to think. Stacy would probably. N- I don't. Even, I have no fucking idea who Stacy would take, bro. He'd probably take like. I can't even speculate. I mean, we can speculate. We have his board. So would it be Wesley? The highest guy on his board left would be Jaden Hardy. All right. Yeah. Then he has. Okay. I thought he was a little lower, but that makes sense. Um. So yeah, Hardy. It is. All right. We give him Jaden Hardy. There we go. We followed your board. This is a solid. Uh, that's a solid development ecosystem for Hardy too. I feel like uh, Hardy's gonna have among probably the biggest downgrade in terms of usage, and I don't mean that as an insult at all. Um, of anybody, maybe along with Tari Eason, because the guy like they basically gave him star reps on the ignite, yeah. which is why yeah. his. His uh, his efficiency was shit, and even at the end of the season, it got a little better. So he's just gonna eat off of these other 
you know, like, it's Memphis. They're already fucking good. Hardy's probably not even going to play much, but when he does, he's going to get easy shots. We had to take him because, and he would have had to take him because he's literally the last guy he has in his tier two. So, there you go. Yeah. Got to take him there. All right. Let's, uh, let's keep it moving here. Uh, we're at the 23rd pick, which is Stingy. He's back up. Stingy, how you doing? What you got oh, for man. Philly? I feel fantastic. Shout out to Dirty Curdy out there, man. He stole my guy. He stole my pick with uh, Liddell. So I was a little upset about that, but I, I have to respect <laughs> it as well. Um, but that's no problem. Liddell's gone. I'm going to still get my big body. They were rowdy. I knew it. <laughs> All right. He's fun. It's, he's got to like really get into like an NBA body, though. Like I know he's big, and that's fine, but he's got to like really you know, work on that, right? I'm not making that up. Yeah. I, yeah, I, you're correct. I, mean, I like the he's, uh, he's got the, what's the name? PJ Tucker vibes. Yeah. Very, very extremely. But I think he's got a little more off the dribble uh, chops. I think that'll uh, help out. He's he's definitely like a pick and pop kind of guy, too. So, like, between Maxi, Harden, and whoever else that shouldn't touch the ball having it, uh, like a pick and pop big. Definitely makes sense for them. He's going to give them a lot of space with screens and um, shouldn't get in anybody's way. Six, uh. Six, not much. Six, six in shoes, eight foot nine standing reach. So, for comparison, Reddish and Sims are eight foot ten. So, pretty long arms. 261 pounds, big body, 11% body fat. Um, he's, I'm. I wonder why he's yo. I wonder why he's not uh like I haven't seen him late first more. Um, but that's just me. I'm pretty. High. I'm with you, Stingy. I'm pretty. I don't know if I'm this high on him, but I, I'm a fan. I just look around at the at the the Sixers team, and it's just like you're not yeah. getting the ball. So what do we need you for if you can right. shoot? And then also they're like the way I've sort of orchestrated them a little little trades. Um, I don't need wings. I need some size. So it just made sense for me. There you go. All right, let's uh, let's keep going here. We got back up, dictator in chief Alex Wolf with San Antonio. No, didn't you skip? Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Twenty-four Milwaukee Ferris back up Ferris. What's going on? Uh, doing good, guys. The Milwaukee Bucks will be drafting 3-and-D guy out of Kansas, Ochi Ajabi. I was going with Ajabi. Yeah, he is a plug-and-play player for them. They're in win-now mode. I believe he gives them good three-point shooting. And unlike Grayson Allen, who also gives them three-point shooting, he's a good defender. <laughs> unlike Grayson as Allen, well. he's not a loser, most importantly. <laughs> that, that as well. That as well. That as well. Yeah, so I'm going with Ajabi. Yeah, I was okay, at a bar. Just no, I was just I just like no player pissed me off more than Grayson Allen. What a fail, son! During these playoffs, man, Jesus Christ! Yeah, Punt him to the moon. That's actually that's a great. If that actually fell like that for Milwaukee, that's maybe the best guy. Like that just suits them for so many reasons because he can come in and probably give them like at least like ten minutes a night, you know, and see how he grows into that. But. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a guy that, that definitely suits them. 
I don't think I buy the three ball as much as some other people do that have him higher. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like at 24, you take the three and D guy out of Kansas and keep him rolling. And he dunks. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Grayson has hops too, but he doesn't use them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz Jr. is, uh, he's got a rough out there. All right. Ferris, thanks a lot, man. Uh, we are going to keep going here. San Antonio, now, this time, for real, with Alex Wolf again. Alex, what's going on? Quick, quick question. Quick question, yep. Joe. Are we doing yep. the second round? No. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing like a three, four hour long podcast. This is, already, this is already psycho enough. Okay, good. I just, because I have no idea who's second round anything. <laughs> you and me, but like, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> you, you guys don't yeah. have your second round board in front of you? What's wrong with you people? I, I, How much do you pack a black amount? <laughs> All right. Alex, who you got for Pop on his farewell tour? You know, I missed on getting to take Duran earlier. And I kind of still want to get a center. I feel like I don't have one. And I'm really glad Ferris took Abaji right before me because that was going to make my life really hard if he was still on the board because I think he's going to be really good. Um... I, th- I think I'm going to go Christian Coloco here. Maybe slightly overdrafting, but I think for fit in a way. But I also, I mean, I'm going to bet that maybe the workouts uh, are legit and that he actually has some uh, floor spacing potential and stuff like that. So I'm going to I'm gonna hope that that's legit. And uh, he also just, I don't know, he seems like a, like a pop kind of guy. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how Randall does with the shooting center. Uh, maybe that'll finally make Randall go into the lane once in a while. Um, doubtful, you know, he'll probably continue shooting mid range jumpers, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe this will give him, uh, the push he needs to make that happen. They can fake shoot together. They can. Yeah. I mean, look, even a fake shooter at the center, it, it can work sometimes. I mean, look at like miles Turner, like he gets at least a little bit of coverage for shooting like 33% or whatever from outside. So, you know, if Coloco can do that, cool. And if he's, you know, just able to be vertical, like he's huge. He's another really big dude. Like it's got really high, you know, just standing reach can uh, keep himself in between the, the driver and the bucket. So I'm, I'm good with that. I think in real life, there's a very high chance that if they don't consolidate um, that one of these later picks for them will, Either be Coloco or Kamagate for sure. I was thinking about Kamagate too. Yeah, I mean, it, Kamagate would feel like the ultra like Spurs pick because he's a foreign player too. Like, not as many people know about him and whatever. Like, that would just feel very Spurs. But I like Coloco. I, I, I'm I'm personally Alex is more familiar with Coloco, so that's why I went with him with the pick. But I can see Kamagate being a good pick there too. Alrighty, next up. Schwinn with the uh, Tire Fire Tankathon Brooklyn Nets. Uh, all right. I need athleticism. I need physicality. I need a general burning desire to win. I am taking Marjan Beauchamp um, here for the Nets. I think he fits. He needs. He, he gives us what we need. Uh, we're not going to be good anytime soon. I was tempted to take Kamigate, maybe, but like 
I have Darren Sharp. Again, I don't really give a fuck about our defense this year because we're going to suck ass. Um, hopefully Kyrie opts in and I can trade him for more shit. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm not that worried about it. I took Beauchamp um, because, again, on my super colorful big board that I, that I did and is definitely of my own working, uh, he is in the same tier with uh, guys like Alondis Williams, Jalen Williams, EJ Liddell, Jaden Hardy. So I went with that. Thanks, friends. We're big Marjan fans over here. And uh, he really, like, we joke about, like, culture and all that shit. But he'll, he's like some of the guys that they do have on their bench around their stars, right? Like Walker Kessler, or not Walker Kessler, um, <laughs> Kessler Edwards and Cam Thomas. Guys who, like, they're going to buy into their role and they're going to do that shit, like, 100%. Oh, so, and I just need to. Would you say he's a tone setter? I would say he's a tone setter, yes. Um, I have to announce two more trades that I made just because this is the last one I'm going to do with Brooklyn. So I traded um, I traded Luguin's Dort for the Dallas 2023 first-round pick. So I had that. I also got Deuce McBride in that deal, but he went out in my awesome Ben Simmons trade, so whatever. Uh, I also made one last transaction. I traded Tobias Hare, or I traded... Joe Harris, Alec Burks, and Nerlens Noel for Tobias Harris and Jaden Springer. Um, I thought I tried to get the twenty-three, uh, the 23rd pick from Stingy. You don't want to give that up. So I took Springer, who was a guy that I liked in the draft last year. Hasn't had much of a chance in Philly. Probably just isn't going to get much of a chance there. Uh, he's going to get a chance on my tire fire team. So, uh, yeah, that was just a, a, a decent pickup, I thought. All right. We can keep moving. Lou Dort in New York. There you go. Yes, correct. Uh, all right, let's do this. Uh, we got Stingy in Sacramento with this pick, the 27th pick. Uh, if you want to let people know how you got this pick, Stingy. Yo, um, I don't know. I lost touch. What are we? You said um, this is the 27th pick? Yeah, I'll tag in real quick. Yeah, do okay. it for the trade explanation. Uh, we had a trade here. Harrison Barnes uh, goes to Miami from Sacramento for Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, and pick 27, which puts Sacramento back on the clock here. Stingy. Stingy, get back on. Yeah, did you um, um, take Kamigate? No. Well, guess what? I will. All right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. All right. I guess that's good. You can do that. And let's move on to pick 28. We've got Omar back up here after he has... Uh, he did very calmly just kept Golden State's pick. No drastic moves, no big moves for Golden State. Just gets to sit where he is and take whoever falls to him. Omar, who are you taking here? Omar, are you sure you don't want to trade uh, Steph Curry for like uh, uh, I don't know who's uh, for John Morant real quick or something? <laughs> like, do you want to pull that off real quick? Ja and Clark, though. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm making that deal for Stacy right now. It's done. It's in the book. <laughs> Nope, Chris. Who's who? Who's asking Chris Presty to speak? 
<laughs> Respect Chris Pratt. No, no one wants him to speak. All right, we just want your picks and your young players. All right, because you're never actually worried about winning. Enjoy 34 year old Kevin Durant on fiddle sticks. Um. So I am. I've been in active discussions for this pick. I have just struck a deal. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, okay. Jesus Christ! The deal with Forrest, we didn't actually put it in verbatim, but he's cool with it. Is I will be trading the twenty eighth pick, Andrew Wiggins, what? James Wiseman, Moses Moody, for Chris Duarte, Malcolm Brogdon, and Miles Turner. What? <laughs> and Forrest will come back up. We'll be making this pick. All right. Uh, that is. How's how everybody? How's everybody doing? Doing great. How are you? We're all just shell shocked over here. Yeah. Yeah. Right, give me one moment. I'll be right back. All right. All right. Yo, that... My perspective of why I would do this deal. Because you love Miles Turner. Besides that. <laughs> um. I just think when you when you we're about to chip up for a fourth straight for a fourth time, you can need to keep it fresh. And to be honest, I still don't really trust Wiggins to bring it on a nightly basis. I'm going to have to pay him after this what? year. Again, Presty, uh, keep quiet. Um, <laughs> Literally the day after he fucking busts Jason Tatum's yeah, ass I'm, in I'm the ruthless. finals. I'm ruthless. <laughs> I'm ruthless. I want to build with Kaminga. And I want to keep this fresh as I go for a fifth title with Steph Curry. Yeah, I actually, I agree with that. I just don't know if I would have, I think I would have tried to save, like the Miles Turner part just does nothing for me. I feel like he's not a good fit for them um, in the sense that like, they don't really care about their big shooting. Like they never have. That's kind of an advantage they have because they have Steph. So I would have preferred just to, I, I think what you could take him out of the deal and probably take Wiseman on that probably still work. I probably would have just done that, but like I don't hate that, I guess. But yeah, I mean, Brogdon. I just wanted another big body that I can rely on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can really rely on him. He's pretty injury prone too, yeah, but whatever. Yeah, but uh, his minutes and stuff. But I don't, I don't hate the Brogdon Wiggins part, uh, just because if you're if you are going to play Kaminga more, if that's like your plan. Like, why you're cool with that. I get it. You also are getting Duarte, who is like a plug-and-play guy. So, yep. yeah. I think that's. I think it's okay, even though I really like Moody. I, I feel like that's selling on him, but I get it. I get it. Yeah, I just think he's ready to play a little sooner than Moody. I mean, uh, Duarte's a little ready to play a little sooner than Moody. Um, if I'm trying to go back-to-back. And... Yeah, want to lean into Kaminga. I think he's ready to thrive. And, uh, again, just re- really want to keep it fresh, and I want to get another ball handler in there to help Steph. Um, and I just I kind of like the makings of how I'm going to go back-to-back with this. That's four talented ball-handling scoring guards in, obviously, Steph but and Poole. But, and they, um, they can manage Brogdon, too, which, like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got a little a little bit of 
depth issues on the wing, but you could find some more OGs like Otto Porter to get it done, I guess. <laughs> That's an Alec Burks landing spot, potentially. Boom. There you go. Uh, Ferris, you, are you good to make this pick? No, I am I am good, sorry. I had a customer I, I could help with, but I got it. I just have a question, guys. Did Usman Dang get drafted? He did. Yeah. All right. Okay, so that... Okay, good. I'll just go to the backup. Well, so we'll just add, we'll just add shooting. And I believe this guy fits to the mold of just shooting because we have a lot of good guards, but I just... I'll, you know, NBA, more shooting the better, right? And yep. I'll be drafting Christian Braun out of Kansas. Oh. Yes. Big fan Christian of that pick. Braun. Big fan of that pick. Christian Braun. He's a hooper. Yes. You know, I, I got him. Tyree, I, I know Tyrese Halliburton got a weird jumper, but he makes that a consistent clip. Out. I think about 40% last time I checked was a 39. I don't remember. Don't quote me. I'm not a stat. It was over 40. <laughs> See, even I was wrong. Life, over 40. Every, oh, every year of his life. Omar yeah, so, Halliburton's personal agent has tagged in yeah. to provide you with the stats you need. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah. So, him, Braun. We got Buddy Heald. Uh, you know, we have just shooters galore, and then I got Jalen Duran in the middle. Uh, shit, we could play four out, one in if we wanted to, but I don't know what Rick Callow does. To be and, honest, and, you, got, you got Moody, you got Wiggins, Mo- you got Moody's Wiggins, yeah. And then you got you got Wiseman who's just hanging out now, he's in a backup big, he's like a third big, maybe. Who the fuck knows? But yeah, yeah. I, mean, look, I, think, I think this would be a great deal for fucking the Pacers. honestly. Like, Honestly, and Jalen Duran. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, in my best case scenario is that I know Jalen Duran isn't a seven footer. He's six eleven. So like he could slide into play power forward if he can, if he wanted to. And we have Wiseman and him could kind of like, like if you want to go big, you know, Wiseman at the center, uh, Duran at the power forward. He can a little bit spacing because I do love his mid range jump shot. He was very consistent when he was at Memphis doing that. So that creates good spacing with that. So like, yeah, you're welcome, Indiana. All right. Yeah. Let's keep it going. Uh, Ferris, thanks a lot, man. Uh, all right. This is Memphis. Is 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 Stacy here? That's what people want to know. No, he's not. Does not look like it. Non-shooting big it is. <laughs> look, let's just follow his board. Uh, all right. Let's see here. It's who? It's McGowan's or Blake Wesley. That's like the tier he's at. Or Dylan Terry, if he likes Dylan Terry more. I feel like McGowan's would be... Well, they already have Hardy, right? Yeah. That's Terry. I would say maybe, yeah, maybe Terry. Because um, he's a little more jack-of-all-trades. He's bigger, too, right? Who? He's bigger, isn't he? Dylan Terry? I think they're actually the same height, but he's physically like way more yeah. imposing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's go with that. Let's do Dylan Terry from another another person whose jump shot is questionable. Just what Stacy was. Actually, no, no, no. <laughs> we got we got to go with we go with McGowan's because he has him in tier three and he has Terry in tier four. Oh, uh, okay. Good call. Didn't see that. Yeah. All right. So that's what we're doing. Bryce McGowan from Memphis. Great. All right, good Chris job, Presty. <laughs> Chris Presty, you're up, buddy. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thinking. Um, you know, I feel like uh, 
Ty Ty Washington. Yes. Just sitting here. It's pretty good at 30. But man, <laughs> Blake Wesley's still on the board. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. I'm going to take Wesley. I'm going to, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to take Wesley and, and they can either, ugh, God. Kevin Durant's I, just going to have to deal with it. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to have, I'm going to end up packaging him with firsts for that center I was talking about. But I think that's the best pick here over. Over Ty Ty, so yeah, I'm I'm just gonna go what I think. He's easily the highest on my like. He's 17 or 18 on my board, and he's still here, so I, I gotta go with him. All right, uh, I like it. I got no problem with it. I, I this match is so weird. It feels like everybody's boards are really variable, especially when you get outside like the top 10, 12, 13, or something. Um. But Seven yeah. to twenty is just World War Three. If in ter- like if you compare people's boards, it's just the same players in a million different orders. It's it, this year's crazy. Yeah, literally, like there's a several picks in this mock where I was like, like this is ten, fifteen players away from my order or my pick, but like completely defensible. Yeah. All right, uh, that is the end of our mock. Uh, I know we had a couple of people asking questions first, but look, let's just talk about let's talk about what the fuck happened with the Knicks. Uh, Who is even on the Knicks? Yeah, right let's now. get Omar. Let's get Omar back up here. Omar, I want to see if uh, this is going to be yeah, like when, yeah, can when we can we can we talk about the Knicks? Because I am lost, confused. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> is lost is, except Omar. I, you know what this is going to be what, like? What the hell? Omar, Omar, right now is going to be like when you ask Antonio Cromartie to list all of his kids. He's not going to be able to do it. <laughs> oh, I can. All right. All right. Without a so, list, uh, do it without a list. <laughs> uh, our point guard depth chart right now is De'Aaron Fox and Derrick Rose, along with and, Kira Lewis and Rokas. Don't forget. If you want to bring yeah, him over. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I might try to trade him for an early second and get Coloco in here. Um, Coloco got picked. He did? Yeah, by the Spurs. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> All right. Uh, it sucks. Um, well, maybe I'll get Kennedy Chandler instead. Um, so, um, on the wing, I have Lou Dort. R.J. Barrett, Cam Johnson, Herb Jones, um, and as my big, it is DeMontis Sabonis, um, and I drafted. Y'all got Malik Beasley too, right? Or did I make that uh, up? Yeah, yeah, and I got Malik Beasley. <laughs> okay. I got A.J. Griffin at seven, um, and yeah, uh, basically, I mean... I wanted to shape the team out how I wanted to. I'm sick and tired of having this, you know, we're kind of building with the youth, but we're really just playing a lot of vets. Um, this little mismatching of timelines. I want to lean in one direction. I want to actually have an identity. And yes, it is brawlic dudes, toughness, athleticism, defense. It's defense. Um, De'Aaron fucking Fox and no center is defense. What yeah, I say? Yep, yep. <laughs> Herb Jones and Lou Dort is defense. Okay, 
Yeah, and you you got the word. You got nothing. You have the two most important positions on your defense are just fucking zeros right now. You're talking about Herb Jones playing small ball five. I want to see that. I want to see Herb Jones small ball five on Joel fucking Embiid. Really a four <laughs> next to Sabonis. Sabonis is obviously going to be guarding Embiid in the post. All right, uh, that's good. Who's who's? I mean, who is guarding Embiid in the post? Me, Mark Williams. Draft Mark Williams. He's guarding Embiid in the post right now. <laughs> I'm not building to try to beat the Sixers right now. I'm not building to try to beat the Bucks. All right. I want to lean in a direction for once. See an identity. We're slow. We're fat. Okay. I want to actually have something where I'm like, okay, this is our identity. And that's being maybe the most athletic team in the league. Um, bunch of long, rangy guys along with Sabonis, Fox, and RJ. Um, and I would, I'm glad with what I did. Is it perfect? No. Is it going to get me into contention? No. But I created – I could pivot if I want to next summer. I don't have any contracts that are on the books other than De'Aaron Fox and technically RJ. I extend them. And I just – I feel great with this. You have Sabonis too, right? Well, he's only one year left. I think he's got two. The thing I like the most about this is like I, I do like having shooters of different sizes um, in Beasley, Cam, AJ, because that lets you not that Tibbs would do this, but fuck Tibbs, right? Like you can you can deploy different combinations of shooting and other talents. Um, you don't have to like hockey. What is it? What do they call it? Like hockey sub or hockey, hockey line? Sub. Yeah. yeah, you don't you don't have to do that shit. Yeah, you don't have to do that shit like how Tibbs does in real life. Um, if you have that kind of versatility on your roster, hopefully. Um. Yeah, no, Sabonis has you after this one. He's until twenty four. Um. Yeah, I, I don't. I I just like I don't I didn't hate the quickly part of the trade, but like. All this was to do something is to create something. And like just saying you're athletic and all these things doesn't really make it true. Um, I don't like, I don't think AJ Griffin is some super athlete. I don't think Cam Johnson is some super athlete. I don't even think Lou Dort is some super athlete. You have one dude on this team that I consider like, there's like two dudes on this team that I think are actually super like plus athletes for their position. Like Herb Jones barely and De'Aaron Fox. That's it. That's right. Re- that's really it. The other guys are strong. Lou Dort is not a plus athlete. No. What does he do? Like if he's a plus athlete, he can't fucking finish at the rim. What plus athlete is he? Can't finish at the rim. He can't shoot. All he does is lift weights and look fucking jacked and fucking lock up James Harden in the bubble. But like that's it. Like what has he done? Like what what has Lou Dort done? Honest question. What does he do? Like he he's not some super athletic guy. I would, I would watch him. I, think I have watched him. I, mean, I like Lou Dort. Emmanuel Quickly's height, right? Who's more athletic, him or Quickly? What kind of a fucking like? I'm not. I'm not saying Quickly is an amazing athlete. <laughs> what? Okay. Is this team more? What What was the Knicks' identity before? Before this? What What is the identity I'm, of this team? And why did you need to, you didn't need to trade you didn't need to trade all of the Knicks' young guys other than RJ to create an identity? That's just a like. That's a false, like, you're creating a binary that doesn't exist. 
You could have jumped the Knicks, rainbow. I didn't need the Knicks to, had, but I did it. The Knicks had an identity. What? They were a very good defense who played a slow court game, and their offense wasn't that very good at all. But their identity was based on their defense and rim protection. That's pretty straightforward. I mean, like, they were really good at rebounding and pretty good at yeah, rim but protection. What, what if they were the Kings, but located in New York? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I, I just, I don't think, like, if you did, you dump Randall, and then you find a way to dump, like, two of the other vets, and you're fine. Like, then you're fine. You don't need to, like, and if, yeah, if you want to trade, like, the Grimes part, I didn't mind that. You trade Grimes and move up to seven, fine with me. Like, I get it. But, like, then you start, you trade quickly out, okay, you get the eighth pick, that's fine, you get Herb Jones, I get it, the value, cool. Actually, you know, I'll say this, I would bet most non-Knicks fans, if they saw that trade, they'd be like, wow, Omar fucking absolutely crushed that trade. So, value-wise, yeah, whatever, you can say you crushed that one. But, like, I look at this team, and I'm like, okay, who who are you trying to build around? What is the player, this is the, the key player, and then we're building around him? Because, to me, I don't think, if you're saying it's RJ Barrett, you I don't can't, it's not RJ with De'Aaron on the team. It's not, but like, it's not it's even just De'Aaron. Yeah, it's, it's with, like, you're going to play Herb Jones. You're going to play Lou Dort a bunch. Like, I don't particularly love the shooting on this team yet. I guess AJ is really awesome. So if he comes in and he's like already knocking down a lot of threes, that helps. But like Cam Johnson, okay, he's fine. I, I think he's a really good shooter. I don't, I'm probably a little bit more down on his shooting than, all, than other people are. Like, he's not. I don't he know. hasn't quite lived. The, I, I'd say this as the biggest Cam Johnson fan who had him 11th and took many victory laps and will continue to take victory laps on that. Uh, he, him, him, and this is unrelated to anything, but him and Laurie Markinen are two guys who I'm like, I'm waiting them for them to have a year where they shoot like 43% from three or 42%. He just did. He just Laurie. No, Cam Johnson just did. He shot forty-two and a half percent on six attempts a game last year. Oh, there you go. So he, so he finally, so he finally lived up to the to the billing. What do you mean? It was his third year. What do you mean finally? It was his third he's year. He's twenty-five. I don't care if it's his third year. He's twenty-five. None of this third-year bullshit. He's twenty-five. If he comes oh, in okay. and he's got to shoot, like there's none of this third-year nonsense. You're twenty-five. I don't. I don't hear that same energy for Obi. So I'm not giving that same energy to fucking Cam Johnson, who well, played like fuck shit in the playoffs. I mean, I'm pretty happy with, with Cam. I mean, Cam is almost six ten. He's long. I like his, his defense and his switchability. Cam is good. My question, my biggest question with Cam, and I'm not even saying this to like hate. I'm like genuinely curious, like because he's up to get paid soon, right? Yeah, but that's fine. You you dumped. He dumped, yeah. I mean, it's whatever. Like, because you got Beasley. Beasley's coming off the. I, I that trade was good. Like it was what Fournier and Sims. It was Fournier, yeah. Sims, seventeen and thirty six. I just, Four. I just fundamentally, like, I just don't like. I never like this. I never like just taking a roster and like, like it's one thing if you're tearing something down that needed to be torn down. But, like, I don't view this Knicks roster as, like, none of these young guys should be here long-term. Like, especially if you're, like, R.J. Barrett is central to my plans, then a player, like, quickly to me, not necessarily off-limits, but, like, I need to have a better endpoint than pairing him with De'Aaron Fox. Like, that's just... I can't... If you had ended up with, like, 
fucking. I don't know what you do to develop RJ with with De'Aaron and and Sabonis because any offense with those two is going to be based around their two man game for the most part because you can't have, have the other you can't have Sabonis or Fox just chilling right like that's that's the whole point is well, you want them both in motion with each other yeah so price why did you like the idea so much of fox ivy and Sabonis? because ivy can come off screens and play off ball really well his off ball game is probably one of the most underrated skills in the top 10 this year he can he had plenty of plays with purdue where he was Sticking around the court off screens like Rip Hamilton, and when he puts on those turbo jets in the half court, it's just the same as when it's in transition. Like nobody can keep up with him. So like those curls that RJ takes in slow motion, Jaden Ivy takes it like fifty miles an hour, and like you can have a sort of mo- like I could envision a Miami type handoff based offense with Sabonis and Ivy. And Fox and what's his name Mitchell because all these guys are super fast and strong and uh, you could really get the Jets going in the half court because they're all decent passers too. That's the well, vision you'd also, anyway. You'd also be taking Ivy at four in Sacramento versus like trading stuff to get those guys to put next to RJ Barrett. I don't know. I just think that's and I actually don't like the Ivy fit there at all. I think that's it would just yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah, I actually, don't, yeah, because I don't think that the two speed guys, yeah, just you don't, it's you just need one. You don't actually need two guys with uh, that are speedsters like that to be doing dribble handoffs. That's going to be a me turn, his turn, my turn, dribble handoff. Like I've never heard of that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll it. I, there I is mean, that's one. what the Heat and the Warriors do. No, uh, yeah, but do they do it with two guys? They do it with the whole team. Their whole team. Both but, teams so, for five years have based their offenses around handoffs with multiple in guys. Of, in terms of people who can penetrate the defense like Fox and Ivy, the, the same style. I was like, you could do it with shooters. And that was my idea of getting trying to pair Cam, Cam Johnson and, and AJ with Sabonis because I actually see how both guys who are, who are big for their position um, can be in a dribble handoff with – with uh, Sabonis, I, I the other thing too is like I think I really I, I this is just if you're the rest of your roster like I don't know I have I don't even understand how this roster plays like and that there's there's no way that we'll ever find out probably unless not with that attitude I have no idea like what the rotations look like or what this roster would be or how the roles would be defined. So it's like very hard to wrap my brain around it. And I just can't like, I don't know. It's just so bizarre to me. Like thinking about it's just blown all of our minds. That's, that's what really what has just happened. It's, it's such a foreign concept because like usually when we'll like, we did this two years in a row and you know, I usually don't mind, you know, with the trades and everything. And we'll get some funny business, but this year, like, has I don't think we've had a team been fundamentally reshaped quite as much as Omar did this Knicks team. So it's just like it's like fantasy basketball, and I don't mean that in like the insulting way. I just mean like I literally, like you said, like we gotta fire this shit up on two K or something to figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would be like I don't know. I mean, I guess 
the team is not. I, also, I just disagree the, with the idea that like we didn't have an identity or that like, especially the group of young players we have. I think they all make a lot of sense. I think like that's actually the frustrating part about the Knicks. Yeah, that, like look no, how we exactly were without sure. Julius. I agree with you. I'm not saying that we couldn't have an identity or like we didn't have the talent to form an identity. We just didn't. And I hate to say it, but like politics and Tibbs, it's all at play here. So I'm I wanted to put together a lineup and a, or like a rotation where Tibbs has no choice but to play certain groups of guys. And I think I achieved that with that here. I just think you could have achieved that in less drastic ways. And I think you already were doing it. That's why I say I don't know. Um, yeah, I got a little drunk. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I was only GM for a day. You guys told me yesterday morning, I was like, oh, yeah, I got like 36 hours. Um, let me pump these trades up. I mean, it's fine. I just, I nuked the, the nets. So, um, there we go. Yeah, um, you got, how fitting that you traded away the 34-year-old coward or uh, and you drafted a 19-year-old coward at 12. Uh, yeah, you see, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't really view that as cowardly. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't work out if I didn't need to either. I, I mean... He didn't need to touch the court, and we're seriously talking about him going in the top 10 of an NBA draft. Like, I just, yeah, I, I respect yeah, I mean, go for number one. Like, what's the point of fucking playing basketball? I mean, he probably got a bunch of NIL money. He's fine. Like, I, I just, I have no problem if guys are like... So then play. Oh. If you got a bunch of NIL money, then play. What's the... Why does he... he doesn't have you ever to... heard of getting injured in sports and what it can do to your draft stock? Then why does anybody play if they're worried about being? But that's everybody's because they need to play, play to go top ten. He but that's it. like that's also like every individual has their own different like. I'm sorry if we just have that mindset that like I don't know where we're headed with all this. I mean, the only mindset there is like I didn't take him fucking number one overall. Like I'm twelve. <laughs> like, no, no, no. I know, I know. I was. I mean, I said that tongue in cheek, but yeah, um, we just, we just went down a different rabbit hole with it. No, I mean, like, listen, you know, I got, I'm not a big Chet fan. But he played. He showed up every night. And guess what? He's go- He cemented his top three status. You don't think there's maybe an injury risk involved there? But, but why like, did he choose if to play? He, if he, he chose not to play. play but if he, he chose not to play, I'm going to call a 19-year-old a coward if he chose not to play. I don't know, man. This is like it's a joke, Chris. You're taking it too literal. I'm saying it's not really him. It's his camp and all that. I get it. But, like, it's important. I don't just think taking 18 months off from basketball. Is good for him, period. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, this entire situation is weird, and I would be lying if I knew what the fuck was going on with him. I just like, yeah. I mean, he's not going to go top five, which was being discussed, I think, at one point. But like, he'll probably end up going top ten, top twelve, and I don't know. I think that seems if that's what he wanted to do. That's what he wanted to do, and teams are going to interpret it however they interpret it. But like, you know. I mean, we've seen guys go to college, get hurt, and fucking hurt their drafts. I mean, AJ got hurt in, co- in high school, right? That probably has hurt his draft stock in some ways. And he uh, got hurt in college, but he came back. Yeah, but like, he, they, you, but like some of the conversation around him is like... His draft stock dropped because he yeah. played. Like, there's no two ways about it with AJ Griffin. Like, if, if he sat, if he got his first injury at Duke, and then said, no, I'm this a rat, like, that's it. Like, he, like we're seeing him mucked to the Knicks. Several times, like who gets drafted no... first? You think who? AJ or Sharp? 
Uh, I have no idea. I think both of them have ranged from like five to twelve. I think AJ goes first, but I mean, if if Sharp went first, it would be like not. It's not that surprising. That's what I'm saying. Like both of them could, it could be whatever. But like my point is, like I I, I totally see what you're saying, Omar. Like you, that it takes some edge off if you're you know if your guy isn't like really this is he didn't suffer an injury and then wrap it up he just chose not to play or whatever and it's not like you said it's not him it's as much as it is like yeah. a clusterfuck of handlers and whatever whatever and he's playing in the workouts now like like not the one on zero workouts like the actual workouts with like dyson daniels and shit and all the other guys which so is he's, good which i was hoping he would do and like again it's not yeah. really the, the kid that i'm so much worried about it's just this new society and like i do think a lot of kids are getting taken advantage of and um be, just really being looked at as assets and i i would be scared of that it's it's like it's also it's such a precious year of development we've heard pd webb talk about how like the age 18 to 21 is mm-hmm. such a a precious time in development and the fact that he was basically pulled out in the middle of his he tournament and hasn't played since like yeah that's concerning like a kid like that, he needs to be playing, get, getting actual game reps. He's going to be entering the NBA with possibly the least game reps and experience of any high draft pick or any really draft pick period between not playing in college and the pandemic cutting basically almost two years out of his high school career. Uh, you know, Robinson says hello. Who? Mitchell oh, Robinson. Mr. Robinson, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out for not just him, but, like, because it can cut both ways, right? Like, you can say these guys haven't had the reps, which means they also have – it takes longer to develop them, but it also gives them more to gain, right? Like, this is part of the reason I was so high on Deuce was that the combination of the pandemic, his injury, and him playing football half the year means he had less actual reps than other people his age. and. The skill he showed, despite that, to me, into that higher ceilings that were in the tank. So you could interpret it, in my opinion, both ways. But you have to be aware of that when you're drafting him, which is why, like, you know, Sharp is is truly a project in that sense, and that he has all this skill. But like, to apply that skill, you need reps, and that takes time. And he's not going to get that in every team, which is why I think his range is so wide because. You know, just looking at the top 10, like a team like the Knicks, I don't think has, will, will take him at all. And it's not because of personality concerns, just because like the kid needs reps and you, they can't give it to him. Right. Like, so how many teams in the top 12 can really afford that? It's not that many for, you know, for all the teams that stink up the joint. Like most of these teams have still got young guys who are older or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see which team picks him and if they waste away these critical years more critical for him than a normal rookie like you were saying omar so we gotta buckle up because this shit is all uncharted waters um with him and the same thing kind of applies to jang um the same thing applies to aj as well right like he's missed a lot of time in the last couple of years he basically packed it up for his last year of high school and went down to florida with his pops so i mean he was still hooping in tournaments and stuff like that, but um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Definitely, it's, it's, I feel uh, bad for him, especially Sharp. Like, I don't know who's in his ears, but but like, I really don't think they're doing him favors by uh, 
just basically thrusting him into the NBA after 18 months off off an EYBL tournament. Well, look, I think it I think it depends on where he ends up because I think there'll be teams that I'll be, I'll be like, quite honestly, if he ended up in New York, it would probably be the best thing for him because you know Tibbs ass is not playing him at all start year, which might not be a bad thing for him. Like start like get a bunch of G League reps. Hang out and practice and get your ass kicked by like RJ and all these dudes. Um, that might not be bad for him because, to your point, like he's got a lot of catching up to do. But I mean, talent is talent. And you trust, if you trust your development staff and you think this kid has flashed enough talent that you've seen that he can be a star potentially or whatever. I mean, look, if you, if you get him 11th, you think it's hard to be a hit. Like, but if he ends up being like a really solid fucking pro, um, yeah, I mean, I think you have to take that chance if you believe in your development staff and you believe in the talent. Um, and like, that's really it. It's the staff, like, and and it's a development bet, and it's like a bigger version of what we saw with Deuce. Like, I, I know I keep coming back to him, and I know a lot of people are like out on him because they looked at his stats and he shot like twenty percent in like five games or whatever, and now he's like a bum who should play. Play in terror, but like his game improved in meaningful ways because he made up for lost game reps in the G League and got a few couple cups of tea, cups of coffee, whatever, with the with the big squad later in the year. And like, I don't know if he's gonna get minutes next year because we got a crazy roster crunch. But like, he's I'm I'm still holding on to my do stock for that reason. Like, this is a guy who didn't run pick and roll in college, was a lights out shooter and an amazing defender and now can run a pick and roll and can play off ball and on ball. And it's, you know, it might take a while because the NBA is pretty crowded, but like you have to have a plan and stick with it. That's the moral of the story. And I don't know which teams will do it with Sharp. I know the Knicks would. I just think they have other priorities like you were alluding to, Schwinn. So uh, I don't know. I truly don't know, which is why he can drop, right? Because all it takes is a run of teams that are like, nope, don't have time for this shit. And then uh, all of a sudden he's getting I picked he's like 13. Like, if I had to bet on somebody that just dropping, I think it'd be him. But I also think like that could mean a team like the Knicks at 11 or one of these teams at the end of the lottery. At, one, at some point, they're going to they're gonna pull the trigger because. Okay, see, will, right? Like, yeah. Well, they'll be I like, don't think, I think that's his floor. That's his floor it, to me. Yeah, and, and it's like he will be. He was the number one prospect at a point in time. So you were like, okay, he didn't play for a couple of years. The only reason, conceivably, that we have a chance on this player this late in the draft is because he didn't play at Kentucky, right? Because most of the time, I mean, not everybody, right? Because you've seen somebody like BJ Boston get his draft stock just destroyed while he played in Kentucky. But most of the time, a guy that's ranked high going into Kentucky is going to stay ranked pretty fucking high. And it takes a very specific set of circumstances for them to drop. This kid is maybe dropping because of a very specific set of circumstances. That's an opportunity to buy low on a player. Um, and, you know, you don't it's get like a what of... we saw with Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, all right. I think uh, that is a good place to end it. Uh, I want to thank everybody that uh, joined us here for this evening and everybody that participated for sure. Uh, I have no idea uh, when we'll be dropping this as an episode, but it'll be a day or two 
if you want to listen in on the madness. Uh, and we'll probably try and drop the draft order or something um, as well. So, uh, press before we get out of here, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, no, thanks for rocking with us. This was fucking wild. Um, this was the most chaotic drafting I've ever done in my life, which is saying something because I spent a lot of time on this shit. So, uh, <laughs> we got a lot of people here listening in. Uh, I hope you find something else to do with your time uh, and don't re listen to this for God's sake, because uh, that's a lot to go through twice. And yeah, be on the lookout. You know, we're we're almost there, almost at the finish line. So we do got some some fun stuff coming up uh, between now and the finish line and draft day. So stay tuned. All right, uh, I got another plug. So that's it for me. And uh, Alex, you can close this out whenever you'd like. But I will close it right now. Thanks everybody for listening. Peace. Peace.